Here's the drill. I'm your history teacher from now on. We will call this class Gaming History X. We will discuss current events. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History X, the video games podcast. Uh, this is episode 46, and I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, coming to you from a tinny headset, which I'll explain in a minute, and sick. And joining Oof. me today on the East Coast is my my brother on the East Coast, Mr. Trees. How you doing, sir? Fred, I'm going old school, easy mode unlocked with you tonight, and I have two old speckled hens with me nice i haven't had some old speckled hens in a, in a moment in a minute but uh you know that's my my drink of choice and yeah. i was i was picking something out tonight i said i even said to my wife i said i'm running down to the packy i don't know if that's an east coast thing calling the liquor store packy it might, might be, be an east coast thing i think we talked about that before yeah but uh i said i'm running down to packy because uh i said i got the show tonight and i just want something new and I don't drink a lot, so I'm like, I'll go pick up a six pack. And I have my back fridge is crammed with beer that someone gave me, and I don't mm-hmm. like any of it. It's all like IPAs and stuff, and I'm like, ugh. And uh, I'll actually uh, commit the cardinal sin and dump them all out. Like, no, I'll man, crack they're them IPAs. Up. You need to just mail them to your old pal Fred. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't so know anyways, if that's legal, but I don't know. I don't think it is. But <laughs> everything's illegal in Massachusetts. Trying to do it. Get anything mailed in or shipped out of Massachusetts. Everything's tax. If they can't tax it, it's illegal. They can't figure <laughs> out how to get extra money from you. Yep. Everything's illegal. But I saw. So I went there and I looked around, and, and there they were. They were just like it was like a, a spotlight was shining on them. I was like, oh, the old speckled hands, man. So if I get a little sloppy, that's uh, why. That's oh, all good. I'm gonna be sober because I have a cold, <laughs> and it's been hurting me. Oh no, no, no! Yeah. This is not because I'm. I'm proactive or anything. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't like medications. I'll just come out and say it. Like I don't mind taking medications that a doctor prescribes to me for right. specific reasons. Uh, like if I'm if I go to the doctor and he's like, take this antibiotic. Sure, I'm fine with that. I, th- those don't bother me. Um, but over the counter stuff, I feel like a lot of people hit the hell out of it. And again, oh, yeah. I work in a lab, so we do talk screens and various things on people all the time. So I see a lot of that. Um, but I'm also just kind of a naturalist when it comes to stuff I put in my body, which is mm-hmm. ironic because I like to drink. Uh, I'll right. just be straight up about that. Anyway, but when you have a cold that is mostly sinus-based, has a little bit of coughing, a mm-hmm. little bit of sneezing, and a little bit of just achiness, and yeah. you uh, go so many days without taking any Dayquil, any NyQuil, any acetaminophen, mm-hmm. no Robitussin, oh. no Sudafed, no Tylenol, no Ibuprofen, no none of that. You just want to feel not like shit sometimes. And yesterday, I uh, had a couple of whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Um, which is counter to Beardy Mix Whiskey's recommendation. He said to make a hot toddy, which has tea, I believe, right. honey, and a little bit of whiskey, like a half ounce or an ounce. I had like four ounces of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it three fingers in some circles. <laughs> right. And uh, and I felt good for like three hours. I felt mm-hmm. great. We were enjoying life. My wife, had my wife who was not sick, had uh, a, a couple glasses of wine. My daughter was hanging out. She just drank water. But anyway, we were hanging out. We were watching Harry Potter. We were chilling. Everything was good. 
this morning. Uh, I don't know if it was the illness or the booze or neither, but sinus headache, like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And it has since passed. Still mm. no medications, no nothing to take care of it. Look at you. But it's since passed. And uh, I've decided not to chance it again. <laughs> nice. I've been I've been waking up. Uh, I'm on the fighting a cold because I'm doing mad house renovations and I'm having been sleeping. And then my wife sleeps with a fan on full blast for some reason, even when it's freezing. Yep. So I wake up with sore throats all the time. Like I always feel sick, and I have one now, Fred. And basically, uh, I cracked an old speckled hen and took a vitamin C pill. That's there you go. Well, but vitamin C is it. Vitamin C's fine. Uh, yeah. that and zinc and all that stuff. If I you want to do that. that stuff, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But, it's uh, when you uh it's when you open a speckled hen and chase it with two day quill that you're really fucking your liver up. Well, um, I've done that, boy. I'm sure I've yeah, done that. I'm sure we all have actually. Yeah. So before anyone thinks I'm judging them, I'm not. Yeah. Um but uh, anyway, so yes, I am ill. The reason I'm coming from the headset, though, is Trees and I were talking. I have a very sensitive Yeti mic, and then I have my HyperX gaming headset, which I'm using right now. And the reason I'm using that is because my 13-year-old senile-ass wiener dog that has never barked in the 13 years we've had her suddenly decided in the last month she wants to bark like a motherfucker and normally she's quiet when we record and stuff but tonight she can't help it and it is a thunderstorm outside so i'll give her that there's thunder and lightning and brimstone and everything but as a result it was either deal with me in a tin can or deal with hearing a yippy dog barking in the background every like eh, it's probably every minute or two for probably 30 seconds straight and i figured that would drive some people nuts so you get lower quality audio from me in return to not going insane hearing my damn dog um but yeah so and trees knows this is coming jam does too but you all in the audience may not know this is coming but we wanted to I wanted to open the show this way. You know, I mean, first and foremost, I think everybody can agree, right? Like, I started GH101, but I still think it's everybody's thing. Like, Trees is a co host. Any guest we've had on is a co host. Jam is definitely a co host. Um, and everyone out there who participates, you all are part of the community. So I figure you're part of the podcast as well. And I have to say, Trees, I don't say it much um, mm-hmm. on the show. You don't even know about it because it's like a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But I have been getting, just from the most random locations, a lot of compliments. So those of you out there, I I try to favorite, like, and respond back to all of them. But those of you out there who have recently posted, like, comments on the podcast posts on GH101, or those of you that have left comments on our Podbean. Did you know we have, like, hundreds of followers on Podbean, of all things? Like, it's crazy. And I know some of them are just podcasts trying to get me to follow them back, but a lot of people, like, genuinely, we even have comments. And so I really appreciate and respect those of you who who are there. We've got some Stitcher stuff. We've never been popular on iTunes, and it's probably because I'm not an Apple guy. And so, um, still don't have a whole lot on iTunes, but the couple we have are very positive. Um, And then, of course, Twitter, where people I don't even know have been just coming out of the woodwork and responding to both our shows and complimenting them and things like that. And um, a better person would have listed them all off. And there will be a time for appreciation of all of you out there. But for those that are out there, I, I need you to know you're included with what we're about to say, with what I'm about to say. But I do think that we've gotten to a point, um, not in GH101, but on the internet, 
in society, in 2019, we've gotten to the point where this needs to be said. And that is um, the political and social stance of Gaming History 101. It's not a soapbox. It's not a speech. It's not going to be particularly long. And it's going to be pretty straightforward and easy to comprehend. But I do want to say it because I think people need to know where we're coming from. And there is nothing, no one thing that prompted this. Um, but uh, but a, a combination of things that we've seen and heard that we kind of dance around. And I think that's what everybody does on the Internet. They kind of dance around it politely or be nice or try to handle it in the background politically. And I'm not particularly good at it. I don't know about you, Trees. Um, but I just... I just need everyone to know where my stance is. And I've talked to Jam, and I think his is uh, the same. However, I will give him an opportunity to respond if he feels the need to. And Trees, after this, I'll give you an opportunity as well, if I'm about to say anything that you either don't agree with or would like to tweak. But first and foremost, um, you need to know that uh, I am an American, so obviously there's my backing. I am white. I am heterosexual. I am in my late 30s. I am middle class. I don't have a lot of struggle in my life, just plain and simple. And a lot of people out there do. And I have nothing but the utmost, utmost adoration and respect for those people. And I just hope that if nothing else, uh, podcasts like this or any sort of entertainment you can get that can help alleviate some of the pressures of that are alleviated. All of that said... I'm sorry to bring political and social circumstances into this show. But again, what I'm about to say is neither controversial nor uh, surprising, I think, to anyone, which is that Gaming History 101, the site, its podcasts, everything we do on it is two things, if nothing else. It's educational and it's opinionated. And I think those are at least half of that you have to be for any one podcast. And um, as such... These opinions are garnered and based off of just our personalities as people. But I think deep down inside, you need to know that we are an inclusionary folk. And we think that anything that is exclusionary is immediately something uh, not to be combat against or even criticized, but something that uh, we may not necessarily agree with. Uh, and by that, I mean we want to include everyone as equals as people because that is after all what we all are so this site doesn't really care what your religion is this site doesn't really care what your gender is this site doesn't even really care if you don't have a gender and yes we do have a listener that does not that is non-binary and does not give a gender we don't care if you're gay we don't care if you're an alien whether illegal or from outer space we don't care about the color of your skin and we don't particularly care about any of those things because those things aren't really important and when you break us down into opinions and people and backgrounds and histories and most importantly voices none of that matters none of it it never has uh our backgrounds and what we come from help gauge the kind of person we are and the stories and experiences we pull out of everything and that is very diverse but ultimately um I just can't get behind any person or stance or anything like that. That doesn't mean I don't listen to them and that doesn't mean I don't respect them and that doesn't mean I don't want them around because, again, that's exclusionary, the very thing I'm trying to combat against. But if you are a part of a group, a thought process, a, a political belief or a religion that is exclusionary – just know that that is going to come in direct conflict with some of the opinions and views that we have here. And that's fine. But we are not going to bow 
or respect or even listen to that kind of commentary or help uh, pass its voice along on this show. And that's that's just to give real quick examples. That's everything from the easiest stuff like uh, Nazism hate speech and also the more difficult stuff like some of the most widely regarded and respected religions on on this planet. You know, both of those uh, have their own forms of exclusionary politics, and I can't stand by any of it. And so you just need to know that, um, yeah, yeah, sometimes we need to discuss things that uh, you may not find comfortable or you may not agree with or you may not like, and that's fine. And you don't have to agree or listen to or whatever with us. But all that said, yeah, if transgender politics becomes part of a video game we play or talk about or some interesting thing we see, it's going to come into play. We're going to try to treat it with as much uh, with the utmost respect, but it will come into play. And as such, the same thing about any sort of behaviors or activities that are actually, let's say, a little less controversial and a little more mainstream that do come into play that are sometimes criticized. And by that, I mean uh words, language, um, outside of uh, hate speech and racial slurs. I don't think there's anything welcome here, anything derogatory towards somebody's gender, race, sexuality, etc. cetera. Um, but the word fuck will come up and it just did. And uh, it's going to be here. And we are a swearing <coughs> podcast and we will continue to be. Uh, sex will come up just as much as violence. And I'd like to just say, just throw my stance down and move on that I almost think sex should be less criticized than violence in today's society. But regardless of that fact, um, I, I think it's uh, mildly hypocritical, whether you agree with that or not to sit here and condone violence, but uh, attack or criticize sexuality, sexual behavior, or sex. Now we're not a particularly violent podcast, nor are we a particularly horny podcast, and that will continue, but I think it needs to be said. Sex does come up in video games. Sex does come up in the real world. Sex is a part of us. And even beyond that, like just the nude human form may be brought up. Get over it. Uh, and so with all that in mind, just know that uh, everything we say, everything we do, and everything we try to stand up for is to be inclusionary, inclusive, to bring people in. Nobody will ever be excluded here. Um, even if you do have beliefs, which you should not abandon, that do come in direct compromise of what I've just said, that doesn't mean you're not welcome here. It just means that we aren't going to, we are not going to, we are not going to be able to respect everyone's point of view. And when in doubt, we will base it off of our own opinions, our own personal opinions. We have a right to do that. It's our show and our website. Um, but also off of whatever's most inclusionary. And uh, no, that doesn't mean that if you get enough people over here that all agree on the same topic, that that's inclusionary to follow what they all say. No, what it means is that if anybody's going to feel ostracized by a decision, we probably shouldn't do it. And so I'll just leave it there, and I hope everybody can gracefully respect that. Um, Trees, anything you want to say about what I said there? Do you have any issues or personal additions to that? Uh, no, it was okay. well said. Well said, Fred. 
All right. And so last but not least, I do want to address something that may seem a little more direct, but it's just an example in a sea of very real circumstances that this is not a criticism at all. This is actually something I do want to just directly address because it comes up from time to time, which is um, I made a statement last week on that dragon cancer. It was, uh, I don't think it was a very bold statement. It definitely wasn't a unique one. And it's definitely a view I've held before. Um, And I was, uh, I guess the word would be called out on it, or I was, it was brought to my attention that it was kind of a dismissive statement, especially when you look at the background of that game. And that would normally be a a kind of bold or over-exaggerated statement to make if it weren't for the fact that we really did focus early into the GHX world. I think it was episode nine, eight or nine, maybe seven on that dragon cancer. And we actually um, brought in a member of our community that had a a closer connection with that game and some of the people who made it uh, and kind of brought their opinions into it. And it's, I I won't, you know, belabor the point, but, um, Anyway, they were like, well, you know, we've had this discussion and then you walk away from that discussion and you dismissed it completely with your opinion last week. And here's the thing. He's not completely wrong. Uh, there was a large discussion about it. And that side of it, um, the, the alternative side to the very cynical view, and I will confess it's a cynical view, was, uh, was addressed. And we kind of brought everything out the forefront. And I don't know that by the end of that addendum episode, we really accomplished anything, but we definitely saw everyone's points of view and where everyone was coming from and realized, if you didn't already, and I never thought there was, that there, there are human beings behind all this stuff and there's no actual malice in the world. All that said... My opinions last week were exactly that, my opinions. And I had evidence brought in front of me that was um, to the contrary of that evidence. And I have a choice whether I want to believe that or not. And this person, uh, the person, I I, I feel really bad. I think it's the Greens who made the game were very clear that the... uh, one may go out on the deep end and say what I was saying yesterday, last week was an accusation. It wasn't an accusation. It was just a condemnation of my opinion as to what they did. Um, They came out and said, that is not what we did. And this is what we did. And this is why we did it. And they acknowledged some of the faults in the way they handled it and this and that. And I choose, I personally choose not to agree with that. I don't believe them. And that's probably disheartening to some people that I don't believe them, but I don't. I just don't. They've done nothing in their statements and nothing in their behavior, uh, in my opinion, my sole opinion, to change my mind about that. And so while what I said was pretty dismissive based off of the evidence put before me, it makes a little more sense when you realize that that evidence didn't convince me. And so I do still have the opinions I have. And again, I go back to what we said at the very beginning, which these two are happening at the same time, but they are somewhat unrelated. One did not cause the other to be said or stated, but you need to know we are going to have opinions that you may not agree with, and they might be short-sighted. They might be stubborn. uh, They might walk or spit straight in the face of the people who are trying to show them evidence of of the contrary, but that's society. That's human nature. You don't have to swallow everything we're feeding uh, on, in both regards. When I say we, I mean the royal we. You don't have to listen to a damn thing I say or agree with it, just as I don't have to listen to a damn thing you say or agree with it. And so just realize that whenever we have these opinions, and this is my point, 
it's not personal. It's not critical. We just have these opinions and we're going to be stubborn about them. I don't like Battletoads. You are not going to change my mind about it. But if you want to be in a jokey manner, if you want to attempt it, you're welcome to try. Uh, and, and, and again, I'd like to think that most of the opinions that we come in conflict with are the concept that Sonic doesn't belong on a top 10 for Sega Genesis and Battletoads is not a good game, which are only my beliefs. Nobody else is on this show specifically. Um, and that they can be the lighthearted kind of debates about video games that we really come to the show for. But when it does cross into where video games meet with political, religious, social, whatever beliefs, and we do kind of spit in the face of your opinion on that, just know it's not personal. But we are entitled to that opinion, and we can keep it. And um, so, needless to say, in the in the uh, interest of fairness, um, people feel that I'm being way too critical, and that the Greens have gone out of their way to address their reasons for making that dragon cancer and what those, um, you know, kind of what their goals were, and how a lot of what I said last week, my opinions of last week. Do uh, are 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 unjust because they've said to the contrary. They've explained themselves, and so just know that you should really come to your own opinions about this stuff and do your own research. Um, but just know that I am I am critical of that opinion. But you should look up their opinion as well because their opinion, if you're interested, is just as valid. And should be read because it's closer. They're the ones who made that game. They are the project. So they have more insight in it than I do. But I just choose not to believe them. And I think that if anybody's in question about that, they should do their own research because I am no more right or wrong than the Greens are. And everybody's going to have to come to their own opinions about that. And again, that is, again, the goal of this show and this community is we will have differing opinions and we will just have to agree to disagree sometimes. And so just know it's not personal and no one's here to offend you or anybody else. And when I say that, I say that to everybody out there because I know we've criticized other people as well and other opinions like that. And we will continue to do so because Jam's a little more polite. Trees and I, uh, when the (laughs) gloves come off, shit gets said. And uh, as long as we're not uh, working with actual malice, you know, I don't know that we we need to apologize. We're definitely not going to check ourselves in the moment unless we really go off the deep end Um, because those opinions are heated and they come at the heat of the moment. And as long as they're not exclusionary, they're okay. Uh, And again, I know somebody's going to come back at me with this. So I already know it's there. Stop writing the email. Well, if you don't agree with me, that's exclusionary. Not true. Not in my opinion. Sorry. No. We can disagree and still be inclusionary. We welcome your opinion. And there's that. So anyway, with that in mind, and also um, some people have pointed out that lately uh, a couple of emails and comments have been thrown out that uh, weren't read on the air. I'll say it's not really a lack of time, but it's more of just relevance and, and whatnot. Um, again, the goals of the podcast. The goals of the podcast is to chat about games, tech, and have some fun along the way. Uh, and we don't want to get bogged down too much in the personal stuff. So anyway... We've dedicated probably about 15 minutes to it. We should move on. Um, But I wanted it to be said because we're just going to proceed forward from now on. And there didn't need to be some big old manifesto on Gaming History 101 talking about it. And since it did manifest, uh, a lot of this stuff did did spawn from the GHX episodes. I figured we should just 
nip that one in the in the bud right now. So mm. anyway, right. on that note, let's just mosey on over into other stuff. So trees, mm-hmm. what do you yeah. want to talk about first? You want to talk about what do you want to talk about first? Um I don't know. We have no outlines or anything. I, I have no. games I've been playing and I did want to talk to you a little bit about um uh uh Sony. Okay. So should we start there? We can. We can talk Sony and then we'll we'll bounce around. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm I was just distracted. Not that I wasn't listening to you, because no, I good. was. But I just I was just uh pre-ordering uh my Sega Genesis Mini. Aha. Okay, yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm waiting for the uh the last of the forty games, but I am so damn close to pulling the trigger on that thing. I don't care about the games. I just want it. I, I want to put I, it in my case. I want I to have know. a little. I've seen your beautiful break. case. It needs to go up there, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be put up there. <laughs> in the case, I went, and, and since I have a lot of the games, I, I, I probably won't even open it. I'll probably just keep it in a nice, cute little box. I don't even know. I don't know what I want to do with it. But Fucking anyway. Savagery. I, I'm not Anyways. all for mini consoles, but if I do get a mini console, mark my You're fucking words. I'm going to open that shit. With uh, Sony. What, what, what's going on with Sony? So, you know, Sony's not going to E3, which E3 I is do. coming up. Um, I got good news for you, Trees. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how big or small into E3 you are. I know you're always excited about it, but I also I do. don't – you don't, like, take off time from work or sit at work and watch the no, the press no. conferences I mean, or anything. You just look at the no. news and go, oh, that's cool, or, oh, um, I'll check that trailer well, out. I mean, for the last 20 years, you know, 20 years, the whole time I was with Easy Mode, I worked nights. True. So I was always home during the day when the, when the things came on, the, the press conferences. Right. Uh, now, you know, I'm working sort of a regular shift for the most part, but I do have Mondays and Tuesdays off. So I Ooh. still am around for a lot of the press conferences. And it's just, yeah, a they're mostly of, uh, Sunday afternoon into Tuesday. Yeah. So it's mostly if just if my, but now the wrinkle is my son and I right. have him on Mondays and Tuesdays. He doesn't go to daycare. So it's a matter if I can actually sit and keep him busy and watch at the same time. But mostly what happens is, I just kind of watch it at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I find, I just, you know, so I don't, sometimes I don't, I, I used to like watching it live, all the conferences live and, and, you know, we used to have chat rooms going with yeah. easy mode and other places. I, I always enjoyed that. Um, but now I do enjoy the, I enjoy the press conferences. I love, I love trailers. I am, I am all about hype trains. I love jumping Woo-hoo. on. Yeah. I love jumping on them. I love, you know, there's two types of people in this world. There's the people that jump on the hype train and just think everything looks awesome. That's me. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that even if it looks awesome, you, you got to be down on it. Oh, you're talking like, about the people who signed the Game of Thrones petition. No. Um. <laughs> you know, the people that go, yeah, yeah, it's going to, I'm sure it's going to look like that. It's like, man, what kind of, you know, dreamer. You know, dreamer per- <laughs> guy. Be a dreamer. Look at that shit and go, that looks amazing. And I can't wait to see it. There was trees in his early twenties. He's like, "No, guys, John Romero is gonna make us his bitch." Like, <laughs> yeah, l- listen, be disappointed later. Be yeah. disappointed later if you yep. want. But now, right, watching these E3 trails, this is the time to be happy and feel feel great. 
So Yeah, well, and so the big deal with that is, oh, well, so the reason I bring that up is we do E3 stuff here. There has never really been, like, I love E3, but uh, people have always had different opinions on how we've handled it here. So the easiest way to do it now is we're just going to sandwich all that shit together. So uh, E3 will be a week away when we do our next episode, episode 47. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk about it a little bit if you want to, but for the most part, I think we're just going to just do a normal show next week or in two weeks. Um, and Jam and I are actually going to do a GH101 on that Wednesday after all the E3 pressers are up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, basically, Friday through uh, Tuesday, there's going to be a bunch of uh, podcasts we're going to do um, covering E3, and we're just going to keep it sandwiched in that one little spot. You know, and it'll get its own section, E3 2019. Um, so, you know, if you follow the feed, you'll just see a bunch of stuff pop up and you'll just ignore it because it'll be all bundled together. And if you're interested, you can listen. But I'm just letting you know. Um, I know we've got Andy from 42 Level 1. We got some of my uh, brothers from uh, the B team joining on various ones. And then I think uh, Chase from last uh, year, not. Uh, not uh, learn from gaming chase, but awaken heathen chase from the uh, future monkeys, uh, crucial chase, um, and of course he's on his own podcast, Scarcasm, Scarcasm Live. Uh, yeah, he's going to be joining, so um, that'll be fun. Might have some other guests. Trees, I'd ask you, but I just don't know that it's in the cards. But I'll let you know when we're doing them, and you're welcome to join if you want. Sounds good. But we're going to be watching the pressers and then talking about them. And I know people hate it when they're called pressers, but uh, <laughs> they're called briefings now. I've I've learned, but um, it doesn't sound as exciting. I know, I know. Uh, so the big controversy, though, I guess controversy is Sony's not going to be there. Sony has decided to not go to E3, and they said they're not going to be doing anything around E3. And unlike the rest of the internet, I believe a company when they just say. We're not going to be there, and we're not going to put anything on that week. And I think when the week comes and goes, you will find that Sony wasn't there and didn't put anything on that week. Yeah. Well, they just uh, threw something out, right? A few days ago. They yeah, threw they did their way. state of play. State and of I was play. wondering if you had a chance to look at that. It was the fruitcake of, uh, of, oh, of watched, briefings, right? It was I very watched, dense for what it I was. I watched all, like 17 minutes of it or whatever it was. Right? And there was you a know? lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, some of it went over my head. Like, I can't remember it, recall it now, because obviously they ended it with the Final Fantasy thing, and that sort of, like, wiped your memory of what you just watched. Well, and they teased it you way know? too much, but uh, you want to start with Final Fantasy? Like, you want you want to talk briefly about what you thought of what was on right, that? Well, yeah, go ahead. Go through what, what was on there that you that you liked, and I'll comment on it, because I can't remember everything I saw. Okay, see, my brain it, can only work either in chronological order, or we can yeah, just go that go, way. Okay. Because if so, you mention it, I'll remember it. Sure. So the first thing they opened up with was Monster Hunter is getting its expansion, the Ice expansion. Uh, yeah, what's that? Fro- what's that called? I like the name of it. Yeah, it let me look it name. up. Uh, Sometimes when Monster game, Hunter World Frost something. something. <laughs> Hold on, Hunter World Iceborne. 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 I like when I I like when I hear names, video game names, and I go. That hasn't been used before? That sounds like it should have been used before. Well, it's because Bloodborne came out. And everybody's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Iceborne. Is there a... Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I like that name, though. When I seen it, I thought that was pretty cool. And everything's cold. It looks like it's on Hoth. Um, good, 
good snow crunching. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Good, the They're sounds of snow crunching. <laughs> it looked really good. I, I thought it was really funny. Some people were like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, really? Um, I, I think the Capcom thing gave it away. And also the cats. What are the cat things called in that game? They're not... F- it's like... F- sounds like felines, right? But it's spelled weird, right? Yeah. Like, I, I like Monster Hunter. I got hooked on the, the portable ones. Like I was a big Wii U the one that you could play on the Wii U and the in the 3DS, and you could switch the saves back and forth. I really got into that game, um, but I have palicos, palicos, like yeah, the calico was, cat. Yeah, the palicos. I was way, I was way off. And they're I, so damn cute. I was way off. I thought it was like feline something. No, well, I'm thinking of something they eat or you eat. There's something in that game called. I don't that, know. It's called, anyways, um, Monster Hunter World. I haven't played, and it's it's on. Uh, yeah. Xbox Game Pass too. I yes, noticed. it is. Yeah, and uh, and I still haven't. I still didn't download it because I'm just like, I know. I'm just like, I can't. That's a that's hundred hours. Right yeah, yeah, I can't just... deal with that. So, well, so trees. The Wii U one went on mm-hmm. sale. I still look at the Wii U sales from time to time. Uh, okay, and it went on sale for eight bucks. Nice. The digital version. So I bought it. It's a good game. And I was like. Well, if I'm going to test out Monster Hunter, I should do this. And I know, I know, everyone's like, ooh, there's a bunch of quality of life stuff. And they're not wrong. The people no, who are telling me that aren't wrong. But it's eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's on the Wii U. And I love my Wii U. Because secretly, man, I think the Wii U is just as strong as the Switch, if not stronger. Um, mm, well, yeah, I know the Switch is slightly stronger. But yeah, still. you're being a little, little weird there. But the, the Wii U uh, is great. I like the Wii U. Yeah, I had a lot of fun on my Wii U. My... um pad started to go in the end the um oh your pro pad yeah it started to like hmm. i had to turn the vibration off because it was like rattling parts in that your thing. pro controller was or your uh no the um the actual touchpad oh okay see i don't use the touchpad much i don't even I know always, if mine's alive yeah. that's all i used and then um oh, i traded that. mine in when i got my switch but um i got rid of every every wii u thing that I owned, I got rid of. Nah, I got my special edition Wind Waker Wii U and uh, the Zelda tablet, and I'm never giving it up. Yeah, I, sh- I probably should have kept it and maybe just thrown it in my daughter's room or something. She probably would have poked around with it, but <laughs> you know, I got it was one of those deals where the Switch is out and they were given a good trade in mm-hmm. for it. And I'm just like, you know, and I'm really trying to, as I get older, not be the the guy that has the game shelves with all the shit yeah, it's like see, i'm just trying to keep what i play and and the only offender is my genesis stuff but that's also in the basement I'm not hurting anybody but you know i got a game room with three tvs uh the girl these girls that are friends with my my daughter came over for what's now called a play date we used to just call it going to someone's house but yeah yeah you gotta um, get a play date now it's very yeah and i was in the back playing a game i'll be talking about later and i've got a people donate tvs to me because you know i'm you make it known and so people donate that stuff when they want to get rid of it and Mm -hmm. so i've got a two sony 36 inch tvs one that's a standard def one of those trinitrons and then somebody gave me one of those wega it's a four by three, like not sixteen by nine, but a four by three, full screen, um, HD TV. But it's a CRT that only goes up to seven twenty p and ten eighty i. 
And when you play like early shit that was like HD compatible, like the Wii and the PS2 and the Xbox, and even to a certain extent, the 360, uh, the only problem is that most 360 games are in 16 by nine. So they look weird when you four by three them. And I have to put them in 16 by nine mode on the TV, which gives it the black bars at the top mm-hmm. and bottom. But for anything that wasn't made for widescreen, uh, that was in like a progressive scan world, the Dreamcast is another example of this. Uh, they look great. Like, they look fantastic on that screen. Um, but they came in the back, and I was downloading something on my PlayStation TV. And so I've got a little PlayStation 3D TV, like, you know, just tablet, or not tablet, um, just a 24-inch, like, you know, little LCD TV. Mm-hmm. I had that on, and it was downloading, and I was just maintaining the download on that. I was also playing the game in front of me, and then, of course, I had this... TV that's off to my left and they just walked in they're like there are more TVs in this room than I have in my house and I said yeah I'm a little crazy <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah tell your parents to step up yeah, right well they were they you know what was the saddest part trees you know it was just to their left a turned off Street Fighter 2 cabinet that uh, is my arcade one up like you know kind of MAME cabinet they didn't even say anything about that. They didn't say cool. They didn't want to use no, it. Though. No, no, they, didn't give they didn't know what the fuck it was. They just like the TVs. But anyway. Uh, you, you, so. you YouTube on the, the TV? <laughs> so yeah, right? Yeah. No, there's no fucking YouTube. Uh, but, uh, and I don't swear at uh, little six-year-olds that come over to my house either, just in case people are wondering. Um, but Mazanta. Yeah. So uh, all the monsters are in it. The map, I think, is the same size or bigger than Monster Hunter World's map. And um, it's a pretty big expansion, uh, and I think it's going to be sold just as content, and I'm sure you can expect – I think it comes all. out in September, and I think by Christmas you'll expect the right, the deluxe bundle, if only for 100 bucks. I do uh, – what I love about Monster Hunter, like, fans, you know, like, I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but not a fanatic, you know, but what I love about the diehards is, you know, all those – monsters have killed thousands a hundred hundreds of times you know what i mean like they know them so i love when like they show a new one they showed that bat thing yeah people on the internet lose their minds oh shit yeah a new monster to kill that thing was creepy though i didn't like it yeah no i thought it looked awesome they had that bat running around like a bat would run around on its little wing legs i didn't like it i know you don't like castlevania but i've been doing a lot of castlevania ing lately my wife and i finished up season two i've been finishing up the lords of shadow trilogy and of course that collections come out and uh i haven't played it myself but a lot of people were asking me about it so i've had a lot of castlevania on the brain lately and that bat just looked like it could have been stripped straight out of like a more modern castlevania game and so it just anything that's big and huge scale and kind of gross and straight out of a horror movie i just totally go for um makes me surprised with that and my overwhelming obsession with dinosaurs makes me almost wonder why i've never played a monster hunter game before (laughs) you know i played double cross or whatever on the psp Mm -hmm. like before anyone knew it you know i was listening to eight four play and stuff like that and they were talking about how monster hunters all the rage in japan and i picked it up and I fucking hated that game. Yeah. Like I fucking hated that game. Yeah. So we'll see what we'll see. We'll see how this is. Um, but uh, like I said, it looks awesome. Uh, even as somebody who knows they're not going to engage with that content, it looks awesome. And I have to say the by far the cutest thing was the big furry outfit on the Palico and just watching his little meow breath like as he's like tracking along behind you and stuff like that. I am not a 
a cat person per se, but I also don't dislike cats and those things are just, just hideously adorable. Um, like I just, there, I just, I can't like, I, I want to buy a cat every time I, I look at those palicos. Mm. So I'm not going to buy a cat. I'm definitely allergic to them, but I, yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyway, left you speechless. Uh, next up, <laughs> they then showed a trailer of something I thought I was going to like a ton. And then I realized I didn't like it by the end, which was, um, they showed the, the new predator game, which is made by Ilphonic, the developers of, Friday the Thirteenth. Is that just? Well, I mean, no one knows what it is yet. But I'm assuming no. They know what it is. They said what it, it was. Friday Thirteenth, right? Is it just the same thing as Friday Thirteenth? Yes, it is. It's the predator to fight people with the yep. Marines. It's the nonlinear or what is what is it called? Uh, asynchronous multiplayer. Oh, okay. Um, no, not asynchronous because it's all at the same time. So it's not asynchronous, but whatever. It's the multiplayer where it's four on one. One person's the predator. Uh, it might be more than four. I think there were only four guys in the trailer, though. And it comes out next year, and it'll be a multiplayer game akin to Friday the Thirteenth. Which that's the problem? A, oh, sorry. That's a rough one to balance. Well, because... my other problem was I loved Friday the Thirteenth, the franchises, mm-hmm. and I fucking hated that game. Yeah, it came the game was fun. I never played it, nah. but you know, a bunch of people run in from a, a slow walking dude. Even though that in the game you could zip around, right? You could like phase. Yeah, phase he had little tricks he could get around, but. Him. The predator, I don't know, man. He has enough stuff where he's agile. I think I, I think he, you know, if you really, you know, apples and oranges, there he would really slaughter those, uh, slaughter those people pretty easily. Well, and and they they're gonna do what they did with Friday Thirteenth. So there were different Jasons based off of the tricks and looks that Jason mm-hmm. had in those movies, and the deaths were based off of the ones he did famously in each in each of the movies they pulled from. They can do the same with the Predator. There's been what five six predator movies so they could do a bunch of stuff and they could even pull from the avp stuff if you needed just new predator ideas right the predator regardless of what you think of that movie had a lot of uh new stuff in it um there's all the fun gadgets the predator and predator one and the predator and predator two and the predator and predators like they were all i know it's a lot of the same name over and over again but they all have a lot of different little toys and stuff so they can keep it unique um but yeah, I just, mm, I just, I don't like that developer. Um, I, I don't like those types of games. Like, there's too much pressure on me, and I don't like it. Like, I, like, I, I'm basically, unless I'm playing with a friend or friends. Like, like that's why I haven't played Apex Legends because mm-hmm. I, I won't, I won't just jump on a team where it has to be coordinated with people I don't randos, know. Yeah, because it's too much. Even though I'm a grown man, it's just too much pressure, man, on me. I don't like it. I feel stressed, and that's mm-hmm. not why I'm playing. So games like that where all of a sudden I'm like the main dude, like I'm Jason. Also, it's my turn. Like I'd be too stressed out. Like I'm just like, ugh, I don't right. like that. Like when I used to play um, Rainbow Six type games mm-hmm. with people, and uh, I used to play with just friends, but then we got some like, you know, you know when friends are friends have other friends that they bring in, and you yeah. don't really like those friends, and yeah. but now in your group, and you're like, I don't like this. And I used to get so stressed by some weird coincidence. Same with Gears of War. When I'd like the team would get wiped out, and I would be the last person, but mm-hmm. I know my whole team is spectating me. Right, and so and you're would, like, oh, here it yeah, comes. I, yeah, I just would, I would hate it, man. So mm-hmm. a game like this, where all of a sudden I'm like, 
it's you know i'm the predator man i don't even like battlefront when i'm a hero like i don't like, even like that shit like i just ugh, I, don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind battlefront when the hero but i see your point with that um yeah and no one really does it very well ilphonic did okay with friday the 13th it was okay yeah um uh, evolve turtle rock uh did the best they could but evolve was not fun that was really not fun it and wasn't that's what, no, and that's what scares me is Evolve was closer to what this is, where you have to collaborate together to take out like a, a creature in the jungle, and that's even closer to home, and it didn't go very well. So I hope Ilphonic, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of trust with Sony behind them and the license on their hands. Hopefully Ilphonic, here's one thing I will say, they like if you knew Friday the 13th, they gave a lot of love to the aesthetics, it's just the game was no fun to play, uh, to like the details of Jason and stuff like that. So I know they'll get the details right, Fox will be happy, the fans of Predator will be happy, but uh, I just don't don't know how fun it'll be and the one game that i've played that does this right is somewhat similar but it they just make some choices that's a lot more fun to be with randos and various other things is um dead by daylight which i think we've gotten friday the 13th for free out of plus i bought that game on ps4 so i can't tell you for sure but i know we got dead by daylight on plus and i also have it on pc no wait i had a early version i always was a little mad at those developers they gave us the early versions on the b team to all play together because i played it at a at a uh convention of some kind i might have even played it at e3 and i really dug it and i said dead by daylight's gonna be the shit and they gave us early access code to play it early and then they didn't give us the the actual game as review code and the reason that pissed me off was because nobody i knew bought it and then now i've got a couple friends who have dead by daylight but i just don't know if if i have time to commit to it on pc um but everybody's got it on ps4 if you do have it on plus and you did add it go try to play a couple random games of dead by daylight you might find they they do the the serial killer versus four teenagers or it might even be eight teenagers but i think it's four uh they do it a little better um and it works with randos also a lot better than friday the 13th did but anyway uh let's see next up they did one of those multiplayer shoot 'em up kind of games where they've borrowed like characters from all the most popular indie games like meat boys mm-hmm. in there and um, the kid from Bastion's in there and Guacamelee's in there and all that stuff. 16-bit looking type thing, right? Yeah, and I just don't like any square inch of anything that's putting down. No. That that indie borrow a bunch of characters, one come one come all, kind of like shooter roguelike stuff is... <sighs> It's not bad. It's just there's so much of it that I just got to wait for someone to curate it and really come to me and be like, this I game like, is fucking great. You know, I remember liking the when I seen this, I remember the, liking the look of it. Yeah, they always look cool. I don't know. There's just something in there that put that bitter taste in my mouth. You no, know, know what it made me want, which I haven't seen. I don't think they ever did another one. But, you know, it had that uh, 3D. What do you call it? It's like a 3D voxel type looking. Yeah, the volumetric thing. pixel stuff. Are you talking about 3D dot game hero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that yeah, three D bit game, whatever 3D that was. Three D dot game heroes on the PS3 by From Software. Yes, yeah. I, maybe want another one of those. I was like, that's cool looking. Did the little tilt shift, but yeah. it, like, it, I don't want a like a free for all. I hadn't played through that game yet, and on a live stream like two years ago, I popped that game in and played like an hour of it and loved it. I don't know it's why cool. the fuck I haven't gone back to play it. And I went and looked it up. It's hard to find, but it's not expensive. If you do find it. You can get it for like ten bucks, but yeah. uh, 
But that game was really cool looking. I need to go back and just knock that out. Uh, that's definitely a bucket list game I need to do. And it's just a big homage to Zelda. If the yeah, guys who made Dark Soul, Dark Souls showing their love to... Uh, um, well, I don't know if it's the same team. But the From Software... Yeah. The Ninja Blade team mm-hmm. went off and made a PS3 game that's just an homage to, to Zelda. But anyway... Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, I think the next thing up was the medieval, uh, medieval, uh, remake coming yeah. around, uh, Halloween shocker. Yeah. Are you yeah. a medieval fan? I played it. I think when you had a PlayStation back then you played it, but guy has no jaw. It's hilarious when he talks. It's just, um, <laughs> you know, people get it all, uh, nostalgia for that shit now, mm-hmm. but those games were a damn a dozen on the PlayStation one. They there really were. Of- Tons of the type, those type of games, you know, and that was one that just didn't um, didn't grab me back. Well, then. and I've like, bought it, Medieval a couple times, which is why I think I'm gun shy. I don't recall if they're on PSN as like mm-hmm. the PS1 stuff that was on the PS3 and PSP, but there was a port of that game on the PSP. Do you remember that? It was like an earlier launch title. Of medieval, no. I mean, and I, I bought didn't it. follow medieval, and the thing is, I I lump it in with like that whole Spyro class of gaming. I like, like Spyro, and yeah, and people like Spyro, but it, you know, and I played Spyro, but those games never grabbed me for long for whatever reason. I don't think so. medieval's as strong as Spyro. No, I don't think it either. But is a, either. a lot of but people have. Good. Yeah, it looks great in 4K, but a lot of people have cynically said Sony's really running out of stuff to remaster, and I'm kind of starting to agree with that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would like a, a like a <laughs> I, I would like a Resident Evil 2 remake, like you know, graphical upgrade to like Siphon Filter. Like I don't know why Siphon Filter hasn't come back. Oh, I see what you're saying. You want the Resident Evil treatment to be put on Siphon Filter. Yes, I'm sorry. I have never played a Siphon Filter game. And I was recently... uh, Yeah, I was recently going through my collection on Sony, on on the PSN, because, you know, they keep track of everything you've gotten. And Mm -hmm. of all things, they're usually more cumbersome than most, but they keep track of your games better than Xbox does, in my opinion, uh, if you just want to see a list. And I have Siphon Filter 1, 2, and 3 on PSN, and I've just never played them before. But apparently that first one was like the shit cakes for everybody. It's tough to. I went back to it trying to play it on my PSP yeah. back when they. You, you, but whew, like, it's funny your memory, and then when you replay it, a PlayStation One game, three oh, yeah. game, it's your like memory you, reality. You remember yeah. headshots and shit, all this shit that I tried to play it again. I'm like, what am I looking at? This is a mess. <laughs> but it's like, um, but I guess with modern day, you know, Metal Gears and 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 um. Was the Sam Fisher game? So the Cell game, yeah. I guess those are Siphon Filter, basically. Okay. So okay. It's like I, mean, I understand why they wouldn't. I but. will say that Metal Gear, like uh, the original Metal Gear Solid, is real hard for me to go back to. I went back to, um, I went back and tried to play through uh, Twin Snakes, which you know is supposed to be easier and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Metal Gear One is Solid One is real hard to go back to. I don't even know if Two is hard. I've never really played through Two. I've played through part of Two. I need to go back and just replay Two uh, because it's the only one I haven't played. But Three and Four uh, are great, and Five I've not played either. Savagely, I've not played Five. Um, but One is real hard to go back to nowadays. 
like I kind of somebody was saying that I think it was kind of funny was talking about it this week. They were like, imagine if Konami just got a good how uh, you know clearinghouse to like basically take the Metal Gear Five engine and remake Metal Gear Solid One. Like if it looked and played like uh, the Metal Gear Five engine, and I know that one because I played that like prequel one, whatever it's called, the Phantom Pain or whatever. Um, that looks awesome. Like, would you jump at that? A remaster of just one? No, I don't think so. No, you'd just be done. No, yeah, be done. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, the next thing was (laughs) it was a game. I forgot the name. I'm sorry, I forget the names here, guys. But just go look at the state of play. It's worth seeing these trailers. It was that uh, we saw that flying squirrel in the forest at night. It was all about adapting to stay alive, and nobody can quite tell if you get to be different animals or if you're just the squirrel the whole time. It was a one where, like, away or alone. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, survival. Something survival or something. But, yeah, it had a one-word sort of deal. The Flying Squirrel. Um, I'm assuming that game's very unfinished because it kind of looked like like an Xbox game or something. Like, it didn't look (laughs) – it didn't have any polish on it. So, I'm assuming it's very early, the stuff they were showing. Uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it just, it looked like a, like, I would guess, but, uh, maybe not or a budget game. I don't know. It didn't look, um, graphically. It didn't look great. Right. Uh, except for the snake they showed or whatever this. Right. Video. And it was, but. um, and it was, uh, um, oh, okay. So real quick, I've got the, the names here so we don't have to keep like jumping close. all over ourselves away. Yep. And it's a single-player game. Uh, the mm-hmm. Predator game is called Predator Hunting Grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medieval's coming out October 25th. And then uh, the game I was talking about, the the and you and I were talking about, the voxel shooter hack and slash, is called River Bond. Mm-hmm. And then Iceborne is out September 6th. And then, of course, they wrapped up with Final oh, Fantasy VII's remake. And see, in that trailer, it said at the end, we'll see you in June. And like in idiot mm-hmm. i even got stuck in the ho- sony hype i was like oh my god so sony's gonna do something in june that's fucking awesome no no that was square talking about their press conference because they've taken sony's slot mm-hmm. um but they showed off final fantasy 7 the remake the remake i don't think we need but what do you think i think it looks good yeah i mean you just go yeah why not i mean it will introduce yeah. it it will introduce it to a new Oh, generation. Please. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> you if you want Final Fantasy VII, it's available on every fucking platform right now. It's on the Switch. Right, but young people don't give a fuck about that old version. Unless you're like a nerd that likes retro shit. Wouldn't but if you're, my, if you're my if you're my if you're my eleven year old, soon to be twelve year old daughter who's just getting the role playing games, like True. she looks at modern shit like Kingdom Hearts Three and shit, she don't want to go back and play a fucking Final Fantasy Seven on the switch she wants fucking she'll play that. hands <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so well you know kids that have come up now watching the anime and stuff like that's just straight up anime oh, yeah. so i think there's a place for it i think it will do well i think because you got you got two groups right you got the the people that are just curious that are fans of the original that want to see what they did with it so they can complain about it and then you <laughs> yeah. have um i think there will be new people that will Oh yeah, want it and check it out, and I'll check it out. And I was, um, I played the first one. It was actually the first role playing game I ever played. Man, so many people have that story. Yeah, really. Because, you uh, never played like Dragon Warrior when you no, were when on I, the Nintendo. No, when I was a console guy, like like Genesis and all that, 
I stayed away from that stuff. I played meathead games and sports games, and Damn. I always played shoot 'em ups. I, I love shoot 'em ups well, yeah. and stuff. But role playing oh, that, that word's been outlawed now. We just call them shooters. Shooters. I'm just and, kidding. Um, <laughs> shoot 'em ups. And um, but when I was that age, when I was a you know a teen, and then yeah, late teen was when I had a Genesis. Like, not to sound silly, but I I thought I was too dumb for role playing games. Like I. I I would look at them and I'd just be like, I don't numbers and all this stuff. And I, I would just well, be like, I don't get it. Yeah, and to I, kind of I, take a, a nicer version of what you're saying, like, I wouldn't say dumb, but I would say they're definitely overwhelming. Yeah, uh, for sure. And and I associated that stuff with just like... Look at those fucking guides. Like, right? There's nothing not intimidating about mm-hmm. even one of the more basic, like Dragon Quest One, Dragon Warrior. Like the guide, yeah, it opens with a bunch of grids, and sometimes it talks about build and a and math, and yeah, it's, it's... Yep. yeah, and and you know, I I read um, Game Informer and EGM and stuff back then, and you know, I see the screenshots of like, you know, the battle scenes, and it would just in the stats screens, you know, the level up oh, screens, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and I would just be like, and it would bring my mind right to tabletop games like Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons or something, and I was just That's like, what I'm, they wanted to do, yeah. yeah, right, but I was just like, I can't. I don't understand that shit. So, um, Final Fantasy VII, one, that was like, you want to talk about a hype train, right? Mm-hmm. Back then, that was a hype train for that shit because it was the first like 3D sort of role playing JRPG game coming out. Um, yeah, and I bought into it and I and I remember committing. I think I was like, how old was I? I was probably like 20 when that game out. It was 97. Out. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I was probably like, um, 21, 22, <laughs> believe it or not, when that game came out. I was uh, 17. No, I wasn't. I was 15. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, whatever. I was in my 20s. And, um, yeah, and I committed to it. And I and I got real into it. And, I, and it kicked off my – so I have a place in my hat for that. You know what I mean? I know people, you know, Final Fantasy snobs are just like, dude, I don't like that. I like three – the real one, the shit, do whatever. It's like people get real, you know what? Fuck shitty three. about their Final Fantasy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't even know what three is. I'm just throwing numbers. Oh, that. But you know I've what? People probably this. say three because they're talking about the Super NES version of six. Which yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Like people get real like up their own ass about Final Fa- old Final Fantasy games. Yeah. I've never played them in order. I've never played the original ones. Seven was my first one, and then I think after that, the last one I played all the way through, I think was thirteen. But um. Man, I still haven't. Yeah, I and I love thirteen, and people made fun of it for being a one button game, but I don't know. I had fun. I thought it was great. But seven, I I remember sitting on the phone after work. I worked nights way back then, also when I was, mm-hmm. and I'd sit on the phone shooting shit with my buddy. And I remember I found this one area that was like a submarine. And there was these octopus things on there, and you'd get mad experience points. And we would shoot the shit on the phone for an hour, and I would just go in and out of the submarine for an hour killing shit like i got real into it nice. and uh yeah i really enjoyed it so yeah of course i'm interested in this uh new one i want to see what what the deal is you know it looks uh more actiony like it doesn't look turn-based it looks more no it looks run, like running around kingdom Heart style yeah so yeah why not I'll be um, interested. I, I like that version of cloud man i like that like anime looking that i mean it looks really version. cool and the uh the story's always been interesting to me. Um, my experience with seven is very basic. I, uh, I started the game 
back when it first came out. Uh, I just rented it for a weekend and didn't like it. I couldn't even get out of Midgar. And then <laughs> um, I went back and tried playing it probably 10 years ago. Like when I got early into GH101, I was like, Final Fantasy VII, like everybody says I should play this. So I'm going to play it. And you know where I got to? I got to um, the, uh, the death of Aerith. And it was like so much further in the game. Like I, the game's a lot longer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I just got intimidated, and I was like, "I'm not even on disc two yet." And I got, yeah. a, and I was just nervous about it. And then I went back and gave it the real try, where I was like, "All right, I'm gonna fucking finish this." When uh, I was on the Vita, and everything I was doing was daily, ga- you know, playing at lunch breaks and stuff. I just finished Persona Three Fest, I think on the Vita, which it's a PSP game, but it works on the Vita. And I was like, let me go do fucking Final Fantasy VII. You know where I got to? It was on disc two. It's like you get to the uh, the like desert or something where you get lost. And it's okay. kind of like Zelda. There's a certain combination of up, screens up, you have to walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't want to look up a guide, and I just got frustrated and walked away from it. So I walked away from that game quite a few times. Um, I mean... I don't remember much of it. I remember certain things, like little bits and pieces of that game areas. is so random. It's so cool. Uh, I just remember a dog named Red Five, which is Luke's X-wing, which mm-hmm. is like a Star Wars nerd kind of thing that I really appreciated. Oh, they had a lot of Star Wars in that. Oh yeah, well, and yeah, Final Fantasy always has. They always have a Bigs, right? A every... Bigs and a Wedge is sometimes yeah. in there, but Bigs is always in there, always. and. Uh, you know, I got to see all the crazy stuff like chocobo races and chocobo breeding, and I got, uh, I got real into that. Yeah, you know? I uh, seduced a man, and uh, I got oily with wrestlers, and it was all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, I went snowboarding, the crazy uh, the highway chase stuff. It was like a bunch of action stuff in, embedded in this RPG, and it was it was pretty cool. The materia system I always kind of dug too. Yep. Uh, it was like the job system, but you could move it around. And so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I like the concept of Final Fantasy VII. I don't know if I can quite stick with it. Uh, I got the PS4 version because you can skip random battles and you can speed things up. And I might try it that way and finally just go and try to actually knock it out. But I probably won't. There's a lot of Final Fantasies I want to play. I've been really determined to play uh, 10-2, uh, 13-1. Uh, eventually getting to 13-3, which is what I really want to play, which is Lightning Returns because it's like 10-2. And then um, 15. I definitely want to play 15 pretty bad. I've I got on 15 in, <laughs> in my draw, and I started it. I played like an hour of it, and then something came along. Now it's back in my draw. But on my PS4, it always gets updated. Whatever. It's like... Yeah, it's updating a bunch. It, it does an update for it. So I'm like... Well, Ooh. And I have it on Xbox One, and I have the Royal Edition, which has like all the DLC or whatever. Um, and uh, I've really wanted to play it for not just because of the Final Fantasy game, but on the Xbox One X, it's got all the toys. It's in Dolby Atmos, and I have Dolby Atmos surround sound. Um, it's in HDR, and apparently it's a very good version of HDR. It runs the smoothest on the Xbox One X, and so like I've I've just got no reason not to play it. Um, but I'm an I, I, old school Final Fantasy guy. I've played one through six, but I really I've never played eight, nine, or ten. Uh, I played half of ten. I couldn't get into ten either. I don't like Titus. No, I tried playing ten, 
and uh, I didn't like the, um, the upgrade system. Yeah, the upgrade systems. Eh. The other or- thing is, I just started getting bored with the battles. I don't know. I got relatively far in that game, I think. I got to the twist, where you find out the stuff about Titus's father, and I'll just kind of say that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I want to say I was about 25 hours in, which I think is about the halfway point, uh, if you're not doing random stuff. And, uh, and then I just was like, I'm good. Right. Um, but I've always dug the job system, and I've always dug the concept that was in Ten Two, and apparently Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy Thirteen Three, which is that the outfit defines your abilities. And I've always thought that was cool. I'm not like wanting to play dress up, but like I just always thought there was something awesome about constantly changing outfits, which also constantly changes your character, and it's somewhat akin to the job system. So. I, I I remember Final Fantasy VII. I remember it also being a big deal because I want to say it was the first PlayStation game that had multiple discs, or that I had that had multiple discs. So you felt like you get in this like thick case. You oh, it was definitely up. one of the earliest versions of the thick yeah. case. Yeah, and you had the different discs, and then you're like, "This mm-hmm. is some heavy. Sh- this is some serious shit going on here." Oh yeah, 1.2 gigabytes that game is, which is huge for a PlayStation game. Good um, game, and because of Final Fantasy Fifteen, the little bit I played, I learned I learned something very, very disturbing about the Final Fantasy universe. Yeah, and that is uh, when I first got my car with my friends, and I went to a gas station. Uh, the dude there looking for help for something was wearing flip flops. I said, "Oh, flip flops exist in the Final Fantasy." Oh man, uh, universe. I, wish I didn't know that. Yeah, it upset no. me a little. Uh, I should also say Final Fantasy Thirteen, the uh, remake, looks just amazingly gorgeous. Um, so here's a quick question for you, though. It, they've confirmed it will still be episodic. So they're still releasing that game episodically. And Chip thinks that they're going to either sell it for 60 bucks for all the episodes or like 20 bucks per episode. And I said, this is fucking square. This is Final Fantasy Seven. I said, those episodes are going to be 40 to 60 bucks a piece. I think if they're smart, they'll be 40. But is but... I confirmed that it's still going to be episodic? Or yep. you assume? No, Square has confirmed that uh, because the trailer made it look like it was just one game. And so uh, a couple of the journos went out there and asked. And they did confirm um, pre-E3 that it is still an episodic game. The subscription service for it? Yeah, I'm guessing it'll be broken into three or four episodes. Did they say, is that only, did they say what platforms yet? PlayStation and I think that's it. No, No, just PlayStation only? I think PlayStation only uh, might be PC also, uh, but they might not have said. Remember, this has only been on the PlayStation I'm stage. Trying to, I'm trying to think what they showed at the. But we will find that out at E3. I think that is definitely something they'll be explaining. Do you, here's my question though, and I th- do you think E3 they tell us when it's coming out, what it's priced at at least for the first episode, and what platforms it's on? Do you think we find that out this summer? I'm. They kind of teased it like we will. Square Enix. What else do they have? Nothing. Was, nothing, right? So maybe nothing because they sold Hitman. They put uh, Deus Ex on ice. They like canceled Deus Ex completely. Kingdom Hearts, out. Kingdom Hearts is out, and also um, Tomb Raider is on hiatus. They put Crystal Dynamics on a different project. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're focused a little bit more on it, and especially if it, if the first episode of it is going to come out. 
Maybe. Oh, you know what? Somebody's going to kill me. So they haven't explained it, but it's been rumored in the industry forever. Apparently, Crystal Dynamics is working on an Avengers game. And a lot of people think that's going to hit the Square um, press conference. But I feel like that's just like a teaser reveal. Unless that game's way closer to being done than I think it is. But I think Final Fantasy XIII is all they got. And I think that's why they're putting their eggs in that basket. Seven or third? Sorry. So you keep saying 13 is throwing me. Seven. I don't know why I keep saying 13. Well, that shit has to come out soon, doesn't it? They can work those people. I mean, they they got rid of the previous developer and then just said, we'll, we'll take it over. And it seems very clear the way they did it was they slapped it into the 15 engine. But I think there are worse things, you know? Get this shit out. Just keep those people at their desks. Will you? I mean, technically, I technically, Final Fantasy 15 is Final Fantasy 13 versus, if you remember. But oh, man, Fred, I hate when I try to egg you on to take some sort of, you know, bait on some sub, you know, subject going on. And you don't take it. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I should be, I should be madder. I just want to egg you on about making a comment about these labor law things, and you won't do it. About what? <laughs> the labor stuff going on. I know. That's oh. A big, a big, you know, I kept saying, you know, you know what? You just, you didn't take it. And I'm like, I'm surprised I haven't heard you rant about this yet. I've got you know, opinions. Going on. I've got opinions. I, you know, uh, I was talking to my buddy. Let's, let's switch it up. Are you done sure. with the problem? Let's we'll switch yeah. it up. Cause I wanted to mention this to you. Cause Keep I going. thought yeah. a fun little subject. Not, you know, yeah. And I, I like you. I listen to all types of podcasts and uh, a lot of video game podcasts. In the in the big subject lately has been the, the labor stuff. You know what I mean? People coming out the woodwork like, oh, these people will give me an overwork. Which and is they- funny because if you listen to uh, like a lot of community podcasts and like um, kind of funny and whatnot, like mm-hmm. they're mentioning the news stories, but they're all like on the side of like, oh, well, companies will course correct and. Uh, like well, it's yes, funny. Only I mean. games journalists think that this is like the end all be all of human existence. Well, that's what I was gonna make a joke about, and I'm and I'm working and I'm talking to my buddy. And we were talking about this, and I'm like, I, you know, to play devil's advocate, right? right. We we'll say that right off that, like I, I don't have a dog in this dog race. In this fight, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. But I work for, and I always have my whole life. I worked for the post office, but I've also worked just like you know, warehouse type jobs and shit like that. Right. Well, you right. work, you just work. Right. <laughs> and so they're talking about these people being overworked and shit. And I'm like, that's true. But you also game journalists, quote unquote, whatever you want to call them nowadays. They also shit on games, uh, that, uh, you know, that aren't hundred percent polished. I have problems. Uh huh. And they also shit on games that are in the system for too long being made. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Like there's a stigma that if a game's being worked on too long, it's a shitty game and there's something wrong with it. Well, but yet in the same breath they're like but they should have all the time they need to get these games out. Well, so so here's the problem with games journalists. If they were good businessmen, they wouldn't be games journalists. Um the good games well, journalists that are good businessmen went off and made companies that thrived. Well, uh, most of these, I don't say kids, a lot of them aren't kids anymore, right? These games no. are they're your age. They're, they're, you no. know, but, but they've done what they're doing their whole adult life. 
They've never yeah, but they've never, real, sort of, they've never, never really thought to take it political. Um, but, you know, I don't want to get crazy off track from what my thought was. Which is what? In devil's yeah. advocate. But that is, you know, they're talking about unions for that and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've worked plenty of jobs in post office with a union. There's goods and good and bad with that shit. Yeah. And when you don't mention, when none of these people mention mentioning the bad with the stuff being implemented and what it means for the quality of their games and what they want in the games. And not only that, but make it seem like every single person working for these companies is oppressed and like being treated like shit and not acknowledging the people that have pride in their work and want to work hard and work on or the concept of the vocal minority. Right. And here's, here's the problem (laughs) for anybody out there. No matter where you work, I don't care what you're doing. There is one shit bum or a couple shit bums that don't pull their weight. And if you try to make them pull their weight, they complain the most. And you'll find that the shittiest people, the shittiest workers complain the most about how their bosses suck. (laughs) So... And in a lot of cases, some of the laziest, shittiest workers are the ones who fucking get promoted. Well, his... his (laughs) If you want my honest opinion. uh, So I think they're doing a disservice about talking about all this labor stuff, but Uh not playing devil's advocate and talking about the pros and the cons on both ends. Like, where is... Yeah, where is Joe Blow, the uh, electrician talking about what union labor means to them because i got a buddy who's a gamer and electrician and he goes man it fucking he's got opinions and i i can't Mm -hmm. convey them because i can't speak to them but he was like the the idea that they're thinking that unions are 100 percent the greatest thing in the known universe this and that he goes i wouldn't be part of the fucking union you know and then he starts to go off himself Um, yes i mean i'm i'm part of obviously i work for the post office i'm part of a big union Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, the post office is not run like a regular company. If it was, it would be out of business <laughs> yeah. a long time ago. And yeah. that's just a fact. And I listen, I hope to retire from this someday, but don't it, trust me when I tell you, I, I worry about it. Right. Cause that it's, it's just a weird business model. And part of the problem with that place is the union. And that is because, um, we work on a seniority basis. It's not cream rises to the top at the post office. It is mm. senior people get the primo bids, the primo days off, the primo spots. That's how it works. They get to say what they do. The problem with it, when you become a senior person is you become one of these, what I say is sort of lazy or complacent mm-hmm. with what you're doing. And the problem is uh, they don't do anything. And if they even get, uh, you know, a supervisor even speaks to them, they will go to the union and the union will go 100% for bat for these workers. Mm-hmm. And That's the problem what the union is, is supposed to do the, And then when you have a legit problem, union can, right. can't help because it's hard. <laughs> the other ones are fun and easy. And basically yeah. they get the rile up with supervisors, right? Because it's a, mentality. it's a lot of meetings and, and it's, negotiations it's a, and lunch and, it becomes very political as in uh, you're a supervisor. So whatever you say, we're going to go against mm-hmm. and vice versa. Supervisors are like, whatever the union says we'll go against, not because they're actually listening to each other, but 
that's the thing. So if you get that mixed into this game stuff, it's a conversation that someone's going to have to have. You can't just sit there and go, these horrible developers oppress these people. You, you got to acknowledge that the problem is, you know, you, you're going to have a shitty worker now. Because there will be a shitty worker. <laughs> yeah. There will be. They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, and and, and and when you 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 tap them on the shoulder, go, hey man, uh, listen, uh, you know you've been playing, um, you know, skee ball in the lobby and riding around your scooter all day, and uh, using our free uh, juice bar in our lobby of our awesome uh, studios here. But you think you can maybe do some work? And they're going to be like, oh, how <laughs> dare you! going to the new union and then you're going to get your game in six years and it's going to be shitty and you're going to complain about it. Well, the other thing I, I so, got, I have to say, and I'm going to get some shit for that. Well, probably not. Cause no games journalist ever listens to this show. No, but when I, just from the very limited time I spent around the games press and knowing just, just from what I've seen over probably two decades of following games press, mm-hmm. If I think of the person who's probably in the office on Saturday, the person who gives 200%, the person who really just grinds, you know, works the, you know, burns the midnight oil, can't, you know, just so passionate about the job Mm -hmm. that maybe they don't put in the hours, but they definitely put in 100%. The average games press person doesn't come to mind, um, honestly. Um, so much time talking to some real big names that are still around, drunk at a party going, you know, I really, well, I really should be going and, you know, I got to meet with this developer. I got to meet with Sony tomorrow. They expect me to be at my top and it's, holy shit, it's 3.15 and I haven't even turned in my article that my boss wanted. Oh man, you know, and stuff like that. Or yeah. I'm not going to work on the fucking weekends. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not shitting on one or the other, but what I'm saying is, and, I, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, these the average games work. press person even talks about the fact that they work from home and they usually put in between right. 35 and 45 hours a week. That is right. great. And everybody should strive to only have to put in that much time. But that's kind of unrealistic uh, in a lot of job sectors. Um, one being my own, um, yeah. frankly. Well, like I said, it, it, when it comes to this subject in the games universe or whatever with the developers and stuff, it's like there. I am positive there are like unfair conditions going on in oh, people being yeah. overworked. So I'm not trying to say yeah, that. No, where there's I'm smoke, not, there is definitely fire. Right. I'm not trying to say all oh, these crybaby workers, but what I'm saying is there probably are some crybaby workers, and you need to acknowledge that half too because it's going to come with the territory. You can't just sit there and just destroy. Like I remember there was something. Well, but, something just came out about um, Never Nether Realms, right? With Mortal Kombat 11. With the contract but, workers, yeah. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, it's crazy because everything I see, everybody seems pretty enthusiastic about that game. And then you hear about people complaining. And I'm like, well, well, know, they their contract labor plus there is, and I don't know how I feel about this with all the people who are like, oh, with the trauma I've seen having to watch like actual dismemberments to make the animations uh-huh. for Nether Realm and stuff. So here's my take on that, real quick. Uh, look, I I <laughs> you know, didn't know what that was. Yeah, <laughs> you you go. Go. No, it's like, look, I know that that the 
the poor $80,000 a year artist that's probably white and straight and in his mid-30s or early 40s, I know he's in real need for an advocate to be looking out for his greatest interest and all. I do know that the average upper middle class, and I I know 80,000 a year isn't necessarily upper middle class, but if you put him together with a spouse that's making the same amount and you know, you get to 150, 160 a year. Yeah, that's a pretty decent household income. You get to that group. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I think that the average person working in the sector in a white collar world making more than six figures household income making video games for a living, probably not the number one person in this country that really needs people looking out for them. Uh, I, I kind of wonder about the uh, the people who are making four dollars. Well, realistically, making ten dollars an hour, listening to people bitch all day, and all they want to know is, do you want a number one or a number two, motherfucker? Like, just I do, you don't need to take out your hate on me, and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah, I feel for you guys, but also. Come on, man. Like, do you know how bad people are getting fucked? Uh, I was listening to um, <laughs> Kotaku Split Screen, and they were talking about these directors of... Um, they were talking to a group that was a group of lawyers that were advocates for prison um, circumstances in this country. And they were like, uh, yeah, we were looking at how the guards live and how the prisoners live, the inmates and the people who run the prison and all this stuff. And outside of like the upper crust who's profiteering off of the prison system in America, the people who actually work in there, it was so terrible that us making the videos about them needed to take psychological weeks off so we could get away from all that terribleness, you know, da 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 And yeah, we were making $200,000 a year, but we needed to get a break from, you know, and go home to our upper upper middle class suburban living and just relax so we could be away from all that. And I said, yeah, imagine if you were like a fucking guard making 30,000 a year just trying to put food on the goddamn table for your family and you don't get to take a psychology day and go back to your McMansion. You have to actually just live with this because this is the best world you've been able to provide for yourself. You know, maybe we should look out for that guard working in those conditions or even, yeah, I know they committed crimes, but the inmates who have to live in those conditions, you know, maybe we don't watch out for the poor soul who's making the movie exploiting that life. And maybe we'll watch out for the poor soul who's living that life. And so, again, it's not to say that those people who are making those documentaries or those advocacy groups don't deserve those psychology weeks off. But if you want me to feel sorry for somebody, the upper middle class, white, you know, straight male dominated entertainment industry is not going to be the place where I'm going to sit here and say, we really need to utilize a bunch of resources to make lives better for them. They got it pretty good. Frankly, <laughs> do you have bagel day? <laughs> we don't have bagel day. No. <laughs> you know what bagel day is when I use my 15 minute break to go buy myself a fucking bagel. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I I'll be it'll be interested when uh, <coughs> the subject gets talked about more because I just I it'll be interesting to see if uh, they talk about the the pros and the cons. Yes, once they unionize and some some developers going to eventually unionize, they have to. I want to see both sides of that because right. there will if you don't see both sides, then you know there's something up, right? There has you know, to be both sides because if a if a AAA game 
like a big ass game, right? Mm-hmm. Now only has to be worked on for eight hours a day, five days a week. I want to see how mm-hmm. long a game like that takes to come out, and then I want to hear you complain about it. Yep, it's like well, that's fucking what it is now, my friend. God of War so. Two will be coming out. You'll get to see Kratos's next adventure in 2030 on the PlayStation 37. <laughs> You'd be oh. interested, man. I didn't mean to no. go off on a rant, no, but no, I figured no. you you would like to talk about that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. so I don't know. We're getting close to the end, and I de- yep. and I definitely want to talk about the games I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of really awesome games lately. But how about you? Do you want to talk about games you've been playing? Do you want me to well, talk about mine? Um, I'll mention mine quick because I I I don't have a lot to talk about, so I can go mm-hmm. through them quick. Uh, Titanfall Two, still on it, man. I was awesome. playing it actually right up until uh, I had to put my kid to bed tonight. Nice. That game's great, man. Still fun, super fun. I've hit the point now where I'm experimenting with like different crazy little guns builds and, and stuff yeah, yeah yeah just all types of them I'm, I'm trying to use that monarch um oh yeah which is the um the bt titan mm-hmm. there which i didn't notice because i you know i hadn't played the campaign in so long and i went back and played it and i go oh that's the bt um yeah i haven't played that campaign since it came out and i bought it on ps or xbox one and i played the campaign on ps4 i rented it for a weekend and i really mm-hmm. want to go back to xbox one and beat that campaign and play through it on like the hardest difficulty because i put point, it on yeah. i put it on hard i think hard okay and i and i only played like, the first chapter i wanted to check it out again games really gotta find cool. all the helmets but yeah so that playing that i finally popped in assassin's creed odyssey ah okay. and uh did you play that no, I haven't even played Origins. Uh, so I'm going to play Origins. I, I'm I'm into like Roman spot and shit. I like the Roman stuff. So, well, so I bought Origins and Odyssey, but I bought the gold editions on like a crazy sale that Ubisoft mm-hmm. recently had. I think I paid like fifty bucks for both. And because I bought Odyssey's gold edition, I also got three remastered. So I've got three games oh, in geez. the chamber for Xbox One to play. But Origins, I definitely want to play because, like uh, Final Fantasy 15, it's. Uh, HDR and uh, Dolby Atmos. But anyway, you know, it's, I haven't played a real Assassin's Creed game since uh, Black Flag. Ah, okay. And so when I popped this one on, man, there was a lot going on in the <laughs> yeah. menu system, dude. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, there was it's a, a full-blown tree-based RPG yeah, now. There was yeah. Some, there, yeah, there was a lot going on. I, I almost <laughs> didn't want to play it. I was like, this is too much. We're back to that intimidation it. factor thing. Yeah, yeah. but I, I stuck with it. And uh, you start out on the first little island, which is like your home island. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm still in the um, sort of tutorial phase. You know, it seems like that first island is sort of to get you up to speed because you can see the map. There's a there's a bunch mm-hmm. going on, and obviously you can sail around and stuff. Because I think my next mission is to get like a rowboat or some shit. <laughs> uh, but you know me, I'm running around going to every question mark and stuff. And mm-hmm. I know I can't do that forever because the one thing I heard about this game is once they open up like all the little things, it's, it is like, like a diarrhea of like it's 115 hours or something for so, the average completionist. Yeah. So that's fun. And then the other things I've been playing is uh, I downloaded steam world heist. Cause it was mm-hmm. like five 99 on the switch. I had it for my three DS, but since I don't use my three DS anymore, like I haven't played it forever and I seen it on sale. It was five 99. And then I had like a couple bucks of, coin credit from mm-hmm. buying shit on the switch so it came to like four bucks and i'm like that is a hell of a deal for that game i don't know if you ever played steam world heist never played uh, dig never played heist but i 
I've always heard great things about yeah. all of them. Well, dig one and two was sort of like dig dug type going mm-hmm. down, getting loot, bring it up, upgrade. And heist is more of a 2D XCOM. Okay. Like all the games are vastly different yes, in their that styles, but they're all in the same kind of like universe. pixel junk. Yeah. Yeah. So this game is, um, yeah, it's like a, it's a 2D uh, XCOM. It's kind of hard to explain, mm-hmm. but when you see it in action, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Perfect sense. And it's super fun. And then the other game I was playing on my Switch was, um, I always get it backwards, but it's like the Flood and the Flame or the Flame and the Flood. Okay. Um, I think it's the Flame and the Flood, but It's one of the others. I had it for my Xbox and my PlayStation. I forget. It was was like a free game a long Mm -hmm. time ago. Uh, But I got it on my Switch and I paid, I want to say I paid 30 bucks for it. (laughs) 20 bucks, even though it's a $7 game. But I got it from Super Rare Games. Okay. So I actually got like the physical copy of it and it came with like some artwork oh, and okay. stuff. I there's certain things I for you know we can't explain for it, but there's certain things no, that catch yeah. my eye yeah. and I go, I want that. And you know, Super Rare games, I don't know if you follow them at all, but you know, they make limited copies yeah, of they're, stuff. Yeah, they're like limited run games. Yes. So Super Rare games, it, you know, they come with like some stickers and some cards, collecting cards. So I I'm have looking uh, at my uh I'm looking at my Limited edition PC boxed version of Night Trap right now. Hey. Yeah. yeah, there you go. See, we all have uh, yeah. things, whether good or bad. <laughs> bad and bad. Okay, here's one you can but, uh, possibly <laughs> agree with. I also have um, Suda 51's first game, the Silver Case. I bought the PC big box version of this also, but anyway. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, Flame, Flame in the Flood, or Flame, Flood in the Flame, whatever the hell it's called, is a survival game. If you're into those like mm-hmm. don't starve type things, except I'm it takes not, place, but okay, <laughs> it takes place on a raft where you're, yeah. you're a little girl, uh, very um, I don't know, explain her look. It's very um, Coraline esque sort of Tim Burtony style. Her uh, nice the way she looks, and you have a dog, and you hop on a raft, and you go down a river constantly, and basically the levels are little islands you stop at. There's like churches or wilderness or campsites and each one have certain things on there and certain things you do and you basically pull over and you hop on and you you scavenge and you craft and uh but mostly you just either uh starve to death or die of uh broken bones from stuff that attacks you Hell and you yeah. see how far you can get down the river and uh you know i've only made four days into my journey i always uh starve to death or, or uh it's real cruel because she just, if you starve that, she just like crawls around until you just die. It's very weird, you know, for a little girl to see her uh, <laughs> you know, just die like that all the time. Uh, and, you know, you have to be into that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And I am. I am certain things. I, I don't like Don't Starve, but I like this game enough that I wanted the physical copy of it. Cool. And uh, that's all I've been doing, really. All right. Well, I'll go real quick. And then I saw we have a couple of real quick um, write-ins too, but that okay. shouldn't take us too long. Um, so this week I've been playing a couple of games. So uh, with my family, I've been playing some games. So Ooh, we, time. yeah, we decided to play Tetris 99 this weekend. Uh, my wife Ooh, and I, wow. oh yeah. I love that game. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't played it since it first came out. And I remember when it first came out, I was always in the top 10. I think I was even fourth once. 
Good luck with that now. Yeah. Were you in the so, 40s, right? Yeah. So now I played it. Uh, no, we did a little better than that. But yeah, um, my wife and I got into it. My wife's really into Tetris also. Um, she didn't know this game existed, so I mm-hmm. booted it up. And this weekend was the one where if you get 100 points, you get the Game Boy theme. So, uh, is that When's that end? It ended. Fuck. It was See, weekend. I heard about that, but I thought it ended a while ago, so I haven't even turned it on. Yeah, it was this weekend. Oh, come on, man. Sorry, man. You can't. You never get. Therefore, I have that again. They'll I have can't it again. imagine. In it. fact, yeah. I think this is the second time they did it. Okay. Uh, so I, I want yeah. some more skins for that thing. Yeah, because that's the only one I've got. Because uh, I haven't been playing much. But anyway, I introduced my wife to it during that same play date I told you about, where the the girls came over, um, mm-hmm. and we were just doing it to kill time. And uh, and yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. We played for probably two hours and got the hundred points. Um, and yeah, sometimes you just get targeted, and now you're wiped out by like the seventies. Mm. But a lot of the times we were doing, we usually broke into the upper fifty, like beyond fifty. Um, my wife had the best game so far since we've returned to it. She got to eleven. Okay, I was gonna and say I got they, ten. They were all well, and she managed to only get one badge. We're not great at grabbing the badges just yet, but uh, but the uh, they just descended. They just descended on her with a bunch of badges and fucking white. Yeah, if you don't if you don't get the badges, you can't win. So how do you get the badges? It's for knocking someone out, right? Right, and badges are multipliers. Right, but I was just having a hard time knocking people out and stuff like that. What's your system? My system is I go random. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I have a weird numbers thing in my head where I have cutoffs for certain yep. things, so I go random until um, I want to say I hit fifty. Mm-hmm. Right, there's fifty left or something yep. like that, maybe a little more. Then I switch it to knockouts. Okay, right? and then I I that will target the people that are like closest to getting destroyed. I see what you're saying. Yeah, see, and I then, targeted badges, which is bad because. Well, I, those are people, people with badges. And they won't start getting badges, right? Until you get a little to the top, mm-hmm. right? Because people all, you got to knock people out. So it's like, mm-hmm. and then when I get down, if I do get down to like 25, then I switch it to badges. Because then if you get one person that has a, you're good. a shit ton of badges, you're going to get them all. Yeah. You know, and I don't target individual people. I don't have time to look for that shit. I just do the. Julie does that. She'll just start roaming and grabbing random people. And that's, I think, what she did in the one where she got to 11. But usually her and I were finishing games in either the 20s or the 30s, usually. Are you buying um, the single player content? No. Yeah, the 9.99? No. No interest. She had no interest either. Play against bots? Nah, fuck that. Marathon mode? Nope. No interest. Mm. That's a season past thingy too right That's yeah i'll tell you out, what so. i tell you what i really want i'm waiting for tetris effect to go it's been on sale a couple times i've just missed it i want tetris effect and that's been on sale i'm waiting for a 20 dollars price point and i'll grab it and the way i look at it is if i buy the dlc on switch i'm halfway to mm-hmm. tetris effect so no Oof. i have tetris <laughs> effects i play it in my psvr i never play it on the tv i've oh, never played it i looked at TV. it on the tv and i'm just like look that's crap <laughs> You know what I mean? You play it in that PSVA, you can't. You don't want to come out of there, dude. I'm, I'm not that game does PSVR, something to me. Yeah, that game does something to me. So, the, uh, the VR one. So we were playing that. Um, yeah, I like I said, I've heard very good things about that game in VR. I just don't think I'm ever gonna pull the trigger it, on VR again. There's a certain tone of music mm-hmm. that that, pl- that plays, like oh, especially yeah. the, the ones of the girls singing and stuff. 
it's very reminiscent of like old Chemical Brothers type shit that I listened oh, yeah. to in my 20s. And so I hear that and it, it brings me to a weird I mean, place in my head. I mean, the devs of Res and Luminous, of course. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, so we showed Autumn that and Autumn mm-hmm. thinks Tetris is dumb. Um, so then to be nice to her, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter is completely incapable of <laughs> playing games you want her to play, but she will force you to play games she wants to play. She used to be on Roblox for a long time, yep, which Roblox yep. is fucking terrible. It makes um, me nervous. You know, you know what the fuck's going on? Well, you know we who's do, roaming around on Roblox? We got, we got her on the Xbox, and Daddy okay. knows how to make parental controls, so she has yes, no yeah. rights to friends and stuff. My daughter was um, playing that shit. She's on her phone, and you're like, what yep, is going on? Phones and tablets. Give you me can that. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Autumn has found the tablet to be too boring. Uh, so she likes Xbox games. But again, here's what she like. She's got some uh, like the boys in her life that play video games. They really like her because she's a girl who plays games. The problem is, is they get her over and she doesn't want to play Call of Duty. She doesn't want to play <laughs> Battlefront. She they know she's in a house where I've got all the shooters um, and she doesn't want to play them. And mm-hmm. they're like, what the fuck? And she doesn't want to play like a heavy racing game. She doesn't want to smear someone's face and go, ha, I fucking beat you. You know, like she doesn't care about that stuff. She's real into creative and ex- exploration mm-hmm. and stuff. Anyway, so they added Minecraft to Game Pass and Autumn has Minecraft on her tablet. And I never bought it on Xbox because every time I'd tell her, like, let's get it for you, she'd always like be non-committal about it. And mm-hmm. so when it was on Game Pass, I was like, cool, I didn't know you could share Game Pass, but you can. So I gave, uh, so I said, Minecraft's on Game Pass, now let me let you play it. And it's like a more deluxe version with a bunch of extra skins unlocked yes. and stuff like that. And she has now adored it for like a month straight. It's the only thing she plays is she's building all this elaborate shit. And so she had me get in there and we created a, uh, well, she wanted to make prisons. I don't know why. So we made a prison. Mm-hmm the other day and then today we made a two-story mansion um with uh custom furniture and stuff like that so it's been a lot of fun but i'm having a blast playing with her and doing stuff like that um but then i'm also playing big boy games uh Mm -hmm. one of those is a listener of ours andrew was kind enough to he got a european copy of a ps2 game called draken d-r-a-k-a-n it's got like a subtitle. I just forget it. Um, and it's actually Draken 2. Draken 1 was only on PC and it's kind of cumbersome to play, but there's ways mm-hmm. you can play it. I'm not going to go that far back and I don't like cumbersome PC RPGs from the early 2000s anyway. Right. Um, Draken 2, on the other hand, is a lot of fun. So you play as this female Rin and she's got a dragon called Aroth? Akroth? Aroth, I think is his name. And um, he's this big red dragon with his big bold voice. He'll love it. He's like, hey, Bryn, I'm trying to land here and I can't. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and basically, she's a warrior whose soul is bound to this dragon. And again, there is some issue. She's got a kind of Lara Croft vibe to her. She's wearing, you know, for a warrior, she's wearing tight leather, you know, <laughs> leggings and like a uh, a a shirt that kind of buttons together but her her breasts just happen to squish together and be bopping out of it and well, she's got uh, she's really tall and thin and she's got her midriff showing and everything but she's not like sexualized in the game it's just her character design mm-hmm. um and it's basically an action rpg that seems pretty lengthy i looked it up on how long to beat once i got a little ways into it and it's like 25 30 hours um 
and it's it's mostly it's that early PS2 kind of cumbersome hack and slash. Uh, but uh, and I'll get to the game real quick. But I just want to mention. So Andrew got a European version, which those are in PAL. Excuse me, PAL format, which a lot of people in America you can't play it because it's a different um, frame rate than our TVs, and. Um, it had a defect in it, and so he sent it to me. Uh, a defect that doesn't affect the game playing. It's just a defect on the disc that he's uh, he has a very particular type of collection he's putting together. Uh, you you could dig this, mm-hmm. where like you buy a new case to like make it better and stuff like that. Well, there's an imperfection on the disc that didn't affect it, but he he knew it would be there and it'd just drive him nuts. So he gave it to me. Um, and uh, he goes, I know you can play European games because that's the other challenge is you can't give it to an American because like a lot of Americans can't play it. Well, I, I can play it because I've got um, a PAL to NTSC converter. And more importantly, I've got the Frame Meister. And it just so happens a lot of my HDTVs have 50 hertz modes, which is, um, you know, uh, 50 frames a second is the frame rate that, you know... Um, pal uses so mm-hmm. i just run it through my frame meister and then it runs fine well so uh i've been playing it and um like i said he said just check it out it's this action rpg with a dragon just see what you think and i'm really enjoying it um it's hit detection could use some work it's got a rhythm of combat that's a little weird so everything's got kind of a delay to it like you hit the attack button and rin attacks slower and there's like three button combos but if you like mash on the buttons you kind of like initiate a new combo and then you can get really screwed over in the combat you can die very easily you have to manage a health inventory and of course it's kind of cumbersome to use it you either put it in a quick use mode or you got to go into the menus and and drink a potion or something and of course the game doesn't freeze so the action's still going on and um, you, she can use like weapons and there's different speeds of the weapons and she can use a bow and arrow and stuff like that. And it's that really weird PS2 bow and arrow where you can either shoot with like auto targeting, but it only hits like a dice roll number of times. And sometimes you can see characters, but even though you're hitting them, like you're too far away from them for the PS2 to be able to detect that you're hitting them. You got to get closer and you can zoom in, but then you can't move at all. And so if they run up at you, you can die easily. Um, and the dungeons are really long. So the first dungeon, I think took me three and a half hours to beat. Wow. Yeah. And this is a game where when you die, you go back to your last save. So you have to learn yeah. the hard way to save often. Save all. <laughs> and the save games are huge. They're 1.5 megs on that eight meg PS2 memory card. And so when you save, it takes like 15 seconds for it to write all the data on there. Cause it manages, I think all the areas in the open world map you've cleared out and stuff, right? This is like early Skyrim shit. Um, but it's it's good. There are like side quests and you, I mean, it is early Skyrim. Like you're running around and you can talk to villagers and there are side quests and you engage with stuff as you see fit. There's a blacksmith that'll like repair weapons because there's weapon degradation. All the Zelda fans can groan at once. Um, there is different armor types. You got to grind for loot. There are moments where you could go into it. Like you get a, a villager who's like, oh, you need to go check out the caves underneath the city. But you walk in there and the first guy fucking mops the floor with you. So 
you know, I, I'm sure modern day audiences would be like, man, fuck this. This game's too hard. Fuck this. I'm walking away. But like those of us who grew up with those kind of games is like, like right trees, like your first instinct might be to be like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to come here yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not leveled up enough yet. And you do level up um, and you put points into either archery, ma- uh, magician, like you got magic spells, but I'm only very early into the magic spells and uh, melee combat and archery are the three things you put points into and you just get an upgrade point each time you level up. And like I said, it's just fun. And then with Arok, when you get on him, because you go to different maps because you're trying to like find these, there are five things I need to find talismans. And I'm guessing each one's a dungeon. Uh, So far, the first two have been that way. Um, And when you fly on him, he flies around kind of Panzer Dragoon style, but without the self-guiding. There are other dragons, and you learn real fast. He's kind of frustrating, too, because when the dragons hit you, um, if your health gets too low, the only way to heal is to land Auroch, which is not usually, not always easy when you get into these combats. Like if he's over water or something, you can't land in the water. So Mm. you have to land him, get off, and have Rin drink a potion because they share health, because they're bound by souls. And (laughs) so, again, there's a lot of archaic parts to this. Yeah, you can't you can't drink a potion while you're on the dragon. No, you can't. That's crazy, man. But you know what? It's it is fun. It, I don't know. It's just so. It sounds um pretty advanced for a PlayStation Two game. It really was, and you know, it's one of those games that I'd never heard of, and right. you know, until Andrew told me about it, and he's even like, you get, I could tell he had, and maybe it's my personality. I don't, you know, my tolerance for games can get a little sharp. And I missed out on a lot of the PS2. So he was even saying, like, well, just try it out and tell me what you think about it. And I haven't talked about it much, but I've been playing it here or there. And then I've really kind of dedicated, like, when I when I finish the last game I'll talk about, I just said, okay, I'm going to go full hog on this thing. Because it's really sucked me in. And I'm really enjoying this game. But again, it has some caveats. But when you go back and look at how it reviewed back then in the PS2 era, actually, it's not like a hidden gem kind of thing. Because the game reviewed very well. Like upper eights and nines, like wow. that's high for, you know, that time period. GameSpot didn't just give away eight point fives, eight seven fives like that, um, and so people were pretty um, uh, impressed with this game across the board. It was pretty universally beloved, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. Um, so it's a cool little thing. And again, if it weren't European, I'd give it to you. But if I see a, a loose copy in the wild, because I don't think it's too expensive uh, for the U.S. version, I might send that your way. That might be something you should check out in the cabin. Mm. Like not not like feel obligated to play, but like just give it a go sometime. Oh, it's an interesting little game. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I don't know. We'll see where I get with it, but uh, I'm I'm very pleased with it. And for now, I'm just full born it. But I did have a moment uh, that was when those girls came over. I was uh, I ended up uh, I was flying to a destination, and I found um, they always have these things where when you're flying to your destination, like the first one is you end up on like a, an island where a bunch of sailors get shipwrecked, you know, and stuff like that. So I ended up in the next one. And I cleared out the, most of the area and then just something stupid killed Arok. And then it said it had to reload my save and it took me back to the previous world like 45 minutes in the past. And I was like, fuck, I forgot to save again. Um, and so uh, I, I just, I'm learning that lesson hard, even though I'm probably like eight hours into the game that you save often. Save um, often. 
Yeah, you only get four save slots, but still, four save slots is still pretty big for a PS2 game. Mm. So, at least they're nice with the dungeons. When you enter and leave a dungeon, they always save your progress. They there always you say, We're, you should save. Um, but anyway, uh, and then the last game I've been playing is a new game. I actually got a review copy of it. It's out now, though. And it's getting some really positive buzz. Uh, I was curious as to how this would go over, but it's called uh, A Plague Tale Innocence. Have you heard of this? Game? Oh, okay. I have heard of this. Yeah, I saw it at E3 a couple years back, and uh, it didn't capture me as much. I liked the idea of the story, but um, I was like, how are they going to make a game out of this? Uh, but yeah, it basically takes place... I'm, I'm getting conflicting stories. I put in my review, and I was pretty sure it took place in England, but for some reason, some people are saying it took place France? in France. Yeah, I thought it was France. So I read. Mm, my mistake, but uh, either way... Um, I could have sworn it was England, but uh, I don't know. I, the the developers didn't question me when I put my review up. Got a review on the site, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But basically, it's a third-person action game where you play a teenage girl who is assisting her brother, and they're on the run uh, during uh, the plague and the Inquisition. It's during the bubonic plague of the uh, mid-1300s. Um, which was carried by the rats, but because of their fleas, not by the rat bite themselves. And mm-hmm. in this one, the rats are instead just attacking you and they want to <laughs> eat you alive. So it's a different kind of circumstance. And um, it's it's a cool game and the story is what drives everything. And it's one of those games where they make the gameplay around the story. So there's a lot of different things you do, which I thought was kind of cool. Sometimes it's stealth, sometimes it's puzzles, sometimes it's various other things. But the cool dichotomy they do in this game is... The way you handle the rats is with light and flames and loud noises and explosions and trying to handle the rats. Well, the way you handle the Inquisition is the opposite, in the dark, quiet, sneaking, Mm. crawling around. Well, so naturally, as the game gets later on, you have scenarios where you are fighting the Inquisition and the rats at the same time. And that's where things get really kind of interesting. Well, that don't sound fun. Uh, It's... It's challenging. Uh, the game's not particularly <laughs> hard. It took me about 10, 12 hours to beat it. It's a great single-player game. Um, I played it on PC, and I'm really curious because it uses dynamic lighting, really good graphics, and um, and um, dark areas a lot. The HDR that's on the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X version probably makes that a better experience. And so, uh, although I did get it 60 frames a second on PC. But anyway... Um, I I'm, I'm I really enjoyed that game. So if you have if you guys have had a chance or haven't had a chance, it is fifty bucks. But I still say like a single player game that successfully tells a great tale that's enjoyable that is all about story in 2019 is hard to come by. So if you want that kind of game, I say you give this a go and uh, and 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 buy it. Um, but uh, that's that's each person's choice. Um, but if you want to check it out, uh, check out my review. Um, and uh, see what you think. Um, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hmm. So, um, all right, real quick. Uh, we've got a couple of things in the chat. The first one is from that very Andrew, who was uh, kind enough to give me a drag, and He says, you want opinions? You got them. 60 frames a second is the highest any game really needs. Anything above that is showing off and a waste of time and resources. <laughs> 50 FPS is fine, too. 30 is acceptable, 25 is borderline acceptable, and many PS2 games in Europe actually ran that low, but with good animation, low frame rate can be hard to notice, like with Tomb Raider Anniversary and Metal Gear Solid 3. 
Um, Fortingard came in and said, uh, I don't think first-person shoot bangs can be sub-30 FPS, but I'll agree 30 frames per second is perfectly fine for, say, a strategy game. So real quick, I want to chime in, but Trees, do you have any opinions about frames frame rate at all? No, I never noticed them. So okay. when you slow down. So when you have some, you know, from the old shooter days, Fred. Yes. You notice slow down. And I, I would imagine if I'm, I'm playing a shooter, I'd like some fast frames. <laughs> and that was slow down. That was the old way it used to handle yes. it, right? It just slowed down the slowed game. Slowed it down. Up. Yeah, crawled. Uh, PS2 games is a great example that Andrew gives. A lot of PS2 games, most PS2 games actually are 30 frames a second. There are exceptions, but most PS2 games are 30 frames a second. And um, actually, Draken, I'm pretty sure, is running um, at half frame rate, which, you know, in America is 60 frames, half frame rate would be 30. And they just duplicate every frame. In PAL territories, Europe, it's 50 frames a second, half frame rate is 25. I'm pretty sure I'm playing Draken at 25 frames a second. And while it might not be the smoothest animation, I definitely don't notice it. I'm having a perfectly good time, and um, I feel like the clunkiness that I'm feeling is probably also present in the NTSC or 30 frames a second version. And um, things look smooth enough. Like, I, I can't complain. Um, I, I think the game looks uh, looks and feels really good. So, yeah, I worry less about it. The times I noticed 60 frames versus 30 frames with, like, a Plague Tale was, like, I was playing it at 60 frames for a while, and then I tried bumping up the resolution and uh, getting it at 30 frames a second. And the challenge was I had already seen 60 and then saw it move to 30, and that's where you run into trouble. Mm. But if you're just presented with 30 or 60 at face value, yeah, like like Andrew yeah. said, you're not really going to notice much of a difference. Um, um or it's not going to be been... detrimental to you. You're going to notice a difference, but it won't be detrimental. I am lucky as a gamer <laughs> because... Uh... I'm not a PC gamer, mm-hmm. and I've never had like, like the most state of the art TVs and the state of the art this or that. So I've never gone full gore and seen like all this awesome shit, and then had to scale it back. Like my shit's always right. just been whatever. I wouldn't notice like a game like. I think you would notice thirty crazy. to sixty, possibly, but if you put them side by side, sure. But I'm not putting them side by side, so okay. it's like it's like whatever. I notice it if it dips. Like I notice, mm-hmm. like you said, like you're playing some game that gets too crazy and it s- slows down. You notice that, but for the most part, man, I'm I don't I don't notice stuff too too much frame rate wise. Like yeah. I said, when I make that jump and I'm um you know rocking some 4K TV with some pros <laughs> fucking xbox ones someday and Some that's gonna keep stuff. you at 30 what's interesting is like yeah if you got a ps4 pro and tried playing god of war in 1080p 60 which you don't need a 4k for like that i'd be curious to see what you think of it after you've played god of war right but so that's what i'm saying it's like I, I, i'm never bouncing back and forth you know i know a lot of people gamers that play on everything you know they notice that stuff when they're playing on a high-end pc and then they're playing it somewhere else on on an Xbox One or whatever, and they ugh, they're like, oh, I can't even deal. It's like I don't. I well, never there's know. also I this. Noticed. There's also an interesting threshold. So, for example, my graphics card is pretty strong, but at 4K, I can only run um, Assassin's Creed like Origins or Odyssey at like upper 30s, and so because I don't have a 
I don't want to play on a frame rate monitor. Like I have a G sync monitor, which will just adapt to the frame rate, but that's for PC players. I have that for certain PC games, but like for the most part, I like to hook it up to my big 4k TV and play it. Well, Xbox one or PC doesn't matter where I'm playing it because it's going to be locked at 30 frames a second to be compatible with my TV. It can't make it to 60. So it sits at 30. And mm-hmm. so at that point, yeah, who cares? But yeah, yeah, you're right. The PC players who would rather, and again, that's that's always been the PC Master Race thing is, ah, put it on a G-Sync monitor, just crank up the frame rate as much as you can and just go to town. And that's how some people mm-hmm. want to play. It's just not how I play. Listen, man, you're talking to a cat that was playing Golden Axe yesterday on his original yeah. Genesis. Those Hell people, yeah. those characters are blinking. They're blinking in and out of existence. 60 <laughs> frames a second with flicker like a motherfucker. But yeah, all right. Um, so... All right, and our last one comes from Chase from Learn From Gaming, Chase the Night Cleaner. He says, what's your biggest reselling regret? What is the one thing you wish you had never sold or traded in? Oh, God, there's a lot, man. Really? Yeah, there is. I I, I look back now, even stuff like recently, like we just saw on the Wii U. It's like I have some regrets about I sold my whole um, Wii collection. For the most part, oh. stuff from my Metroid Prime Trilogy steel book oh. that's still sealed. Yes. I still have that. Um, but I sold my Wii collection and then when I got my Wii U. And just recently, I've been regretting that because I had, you know, a pretty solid Wii collection of like little niche titles. You know, Zach, Zach and Wiki. Zach there. and Wiki. Yep. Uh, I, but, you know, like Xenoblade Chronicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Little things. My Tatsunusko versus Capcom. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a stupid thing because I'm not going to play it. But like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I had the pack of cards that came with it. I wonder what those, those are not worth anything. But it came with us. I don't know. I do have the pack of cards myself. I've opened it, though. No, mine's sealed. I don't yeah. know what's in there. But no, there's lots of there's lots of games in over the years that I'm like, okay. I sold Steel Battalion. Okay. Yeah. Is that a big one? Yeah. The big, big yeah. game was great. And I'm like, I probably should have kept that. That'd Those things cool. are worth a shit ton now. Have hanging around. Yeah. You know, and you know, and then I have stuff that like because of that, I won't sell, but I'll probably like I have this stupid DJ Hero Eminem Jay-Z <laughs> turntable. Crate, the crate and it turns into a turntable with the mm-hmm. legs that screw And it's like, I can't play that anymore. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> but yes, I do have but I can't put my finger on one thing because I've sold so many things. Okay. That it's like, oh boy, you know. Uh, I can remember a few. Um, the number one thing I probably regret was selling my, especially now that I'm working on it, was selling my original Sega CD yes. one with my Genesis one. Mm. Uh, I sold that when I went off to college. Um, and to be fair, the reason I sold it off when I went to college was not for money. It was actually because a lot of my friends had gone off to college and their parents had gotten rid of their video game collections. And my mom never gave the impression she would do something like that, but I was so fucking paranoid. And, um, I didn't think I was going to play video games through most of college. And actually I didn't play video games through most of college. Um, I was, really interested in the female sex um, yes. and having sex with the female sex. Uh, 
And that was kind of my number one priority for a large portion of college. And so, yes, I, that's also why I missed most of the PS2 generation in 2001, two years into college, I suddenly realized, no, fuck this. I should date girls who don't care that I play video games. And I've always stood by that since then. And I've got some friends, some gamer friends, some gamer friends who have appeared on this show that still don't get that through their head. But yeah, um, they still hide that they're gamers from like the people they date. The only thing I ever hid from mm-hmm. when I was dating was mm-hmm. that steel battalion controller. Well, I'd, that I'd makes sense. Yeah. I'd pack that up and put it behind the bar because <laughs> uh, nothing's happening that night with the giant. <laughs> But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I sold a working, beautiful Sega CD one and I've been trying to get it back and trees, uh, real update. It's been six weeks, but the guy who I sent my Sega CD one to, he has done almost every repair he knows and he still hasn't fixed it, but he swore to me that he would only charge me 150 bucks and that he would get it working. I don't know what, if he's going to write to me and go like, I have to rebuild it. Or maybe he's going to say, Hey, I got it working. But, I would have um, a guy like that who does that, mm-hmm. I would believe he enjoys the challenge of it too. Yeah, yeah, and he did tell me it's you know, he's know? doing it on his free time and he's not going to rush it with that one. And so he said, as long as you're cool with it being away from you, he hasn't charged me yet. Like, yeah. um, but he's yeah. So um, knowing how hard it is to get a good working Sega CD one, once I get this one back, which I feel pretty confident this guy's going to fix. Um, you know, that'll be like probably the holy grail of my collection just because I know it works and it's so nostalgic for me because I, right. I, I was I was I fascinated with the Sega CD one since the moment my yes. neighbor Mike got it. Um, but I'm trying to think of there's got to be one or two games I sold that, uh, you know, I regret selling my 3DO copy of Night Trap. Mm-hmm. And when I <laughs> when I went when I went back and, and had to rebuy it, I really regretted that. Yeah. Uh, I regret selling my uh, Super NES copy of Final Fight Guy I bought from a blockbuster that went out of business. Oh, dumb. Uh, yeah, well, now that I have flash carts, I just play the flash cart version, but hey. Um, oh, and I have Final Fight CD, so who cares? Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the Sega C stuff, though. I guess that would be my, my real answer is, is my Sega C one broke, I believe. Is the reason why that went away. It's not like I got rid of it. I think they all break I, very easily. The time yeah. I moved on to a, a PlayStation, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my my I remember my my lights not like turning right or something. I, I remember okay. something going on with the Sega CD one that I think I just got rid of it. Um, but I would probably say most of my Sega CD collection because I had Snatcher. I had, I mean, I had all all the good mm-hmm. stuff, man, and I don't know where that stuff went. So. I, again, not one specific game, but definitely my Sega CD collection. I wish I kept. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I regret selling even now, and it, it makes no sense why, because I can get my hands on it very easily, is I sold my European copy of Michigan Report from Hell. Do you know this game? No, I think I've heard you say the name before, though. Yeah, it's a Grasshopper Manufacturer, so Suda51. Right. They made it in Japan. It takes place in Detroit. Uh, during the apocalypse, it's a uh, kind of like a first-person survival horror game almost, uh, and it's this weird thing where like basically a hell mouth opens in downtown Detroit, uh, and uh, it never came out in America for some reason, but it came out in Europe and Japan. Well, in J- Japan you can't understand it because everything's in Japanese. In Europe you can because of the UK connection, and it's one of the 
uh, it's one of the many PlayStation games that came out in Japan or in Europe that has a uh, 60 hertz um, mode, which is a 60 frames a second mode. So when you switch it over, it works just fine in American consoles, assuming you can run imports. It's super rare. I think it's easier to find nowadays, but I don't know for sure. And at the time I bought it, I bought it for like 180 pound, and I ended up selling it for over 300 dollars. Um, and now I think somebody did tell me like half a year ago or something that it's now like 80 pound or something. So it's gone down in value, but, uh, I definitely regret, uh, selling that off. Uh, but again, I could play it anytime I want to, cause I did make a backup of it before I sold it. I'm a terrible person. Um, <laughs> and the one I definitely don't regret is I still don't regret getting $225 for selling my copy of rule of Rose on the PS two, which is a, the rarest game on the American PlayStation two. And it's a survival horror game that's creepy and and crazy, and I just really did not enjoy playing. Right, it was just not fun to play. Yeah, I had that. I I had uh, I want to say I game flyed that game because I okay. did play it, but yeah. I never owned it. So I want to say I game flyed it back then. I got through that weird hitchy boss guy uh, that's got the peg leg, and I was like, man, fuck this. I don't think I got very far at all in that game. I do oh. remember just running around as I the little girl it's like an eight hour game and i got through four (laughs) hours and it's one of those things where you played four hours and you're like i feel like i've been playing this like 70 hours like i'm not done yet yeah i don't like that game yeah (laughs) but anyway uh so that's all i can come up with uh we'll be sure to ask jan uh jan uh i keep wanting to say jan jam i will ask jam at the beginning of the Mortal Kombat episode, we do it next week. But because uh, trees, we're doing a retrospective on Mortal Kombat for uh-huh. next GH101. So we'll see where that goes. But all right, well, I think we're done. It's late. It is. Yeah, for the show users, it's about the same as every show. But we're wrapping up about half an hour late. So yeah. But well, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's always fun. It's yeah, always so we'll be back, and when we come back, it will be the the week before E3. In fact, it'll be only about like three days away um, when we do come back. So looking forward to it. Nice. Yeah, I will be uh, leaving uh, Memorial Day for the New Hammy cabin. Nice. I'll be sure to check out some of uh some of the games, your games too. Yeah, they live up there now. Yeah. Sure to sit down and uh. Play something. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Enjoy your uh, Memorial Day. I am uh, helping my sisters move, both of them. Uh, Well, no, actually, I'm teaming up with my other sister to help one sister move for uh, one day of that weekend. And then uh, Julie has to work this uh, Memorial Day weekend, but she's off Monday. And you know what she wanted to do? She wants to go see that fucking live action Aladdin game or movie. So pray for me. That's a rough one, man. (laughs) Someone showed me a clip the other day, not to keep this going, but someone no, showed me a yeah. clip of the, um, the oh, Jesus, the big parade scene. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, the song now. What's the song? Oh, um, oh I, my Jesus. God. Prince, I think it's just called Prince, Prince Ali. Ali. Yeah. Right. So it's Will Smith like singing that song. And I said to the person showing me, I go, is this like one of those deals where they um they stripped out all the background vocals and they just isolated him and it's like a funny? He's like, no, no. He's like, this is the scene from the movie, and uh, like one of the first comments I read was like, 
wow, Will Smith really doesn't give a shit, does he? Nope, no, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't give cool. a fuck died long ago. Uh, yeah. You know what? Funny, I'm going to try to soften the blow, though, uh, in the only way I know how to. Let's face it, the best version of Aladdin was on the Genesis. I think I'm going to play the Genesis Aladdin on that Sunday. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All righty. Well, <laughs> with that, y'all enjoy uh, if you uh, celebrate and it's celebrated in your country, enjoy Memorial Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's hoping. Uh, um, everybody has a good and safe holiday and we will see you next week for uh, Mortal Kombat and uh, countdown to E3 and uh, for the rest of you who are in college or school the summer's starting so we'll have some fun this summer yes alright man well till uh, till next time peace All out right, man. later yeah.